You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go You know, I've interviewed a lot of people recently, Bo, but you're always my favorite guest, man. How's it hanging, buddy? <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. It's, it's going pretty well, man. I'm, uh, it's, been a, it's been a long week. I'm a little tired, but I'm ready to do this thing with you. Yeah, man. I've been having to get all those interviews done. I'm telling you, man, it's taken, taken a lot out of me. It's, it's been a lot of uh, work going into that, but I'm glad I've been able to do it. Like I said, I've got more guys I'm going to record tomorrow with, but um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> Got a lot to talk about, though. Uh, I couldn't wait to talk about one particular thing tonight, Bo. One, the NFL Combine, but also Greg Robinson. Because I thought what just came out about Greg Robinson was, I'm not going to, it caught me off guard. It, let's just say that. I think it pretty much caught everyone it off caught guard. caught everyone the, off the guard. The amount, the amount, okay, that man was caught with. Let, <laughs> let's go into it. All right, everybody, Greg Robinson, who is the offensive lineman for the Cleveland Browns, um, your top five pick. I think he was the second overall pick. Was it the 2014 draft? Yeah, yeah, he was. I believe it was. It was it was second or third. I'm I think sure. I think he was second overall. Yeah, I think you're coming right. Coming out of Auburn, mm-hmm. um, he was a he. Everybody, he has been arrested and is facing facing a felony marijuana charge. Um, he was with former Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Quan Bray, who was also his teammate at Auburn. So they were caught with 157 pounds of marijuana. As outrageous. Long, and they were also caught with 23 mason jars, an electronic scale, $3,100 in cash, and a canned sealing machine. So, first of all, my first question is why? Why, why you know, you're, you're a starting offensive lineman in the NFL. You know, I guess everyone has, um, I guess they're bad habits, but I do not know why. That's not even a habit, dude. 157 pounds. I mean, you, yeah, I mean, you're that you, you have to sit around all day trying to smoke that. It's not a habit. Clearly, clearly <laughs> That's a side hustle. Clearly, along with everything else that he was caught with, clearly this is for distribution. Yeah, and I don't, you know, a guy what is it, a second round? I mean, a second overall pick is like a 25 million dollar deal. Like, what do you need to sell 250 thousand dollars worth of weed for? You know, that's where, no that's, where I, that's where I'm at with it. Well, that was my question. It's like, why are you having to? I mean, I don't guess he has to, but why are you, yeah, you know, getting yourself? Why are you getting yourself involved in in things such as this when you know you have a promising future? You know, in the NFL, you, like I like you just said, Bo, he's the second overall pick. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe all the chaos in Cleveland is driving him. Maybe to smoke. he spent a lot of money. Never know. I never know, man. Maybe, maybe when you yeah. said maybe the chaos in Cleveland's drove it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah maybe I never just... thought to blame Baker Mayfield in the gang, but yeah, you're probably right. I mean, Miles My, yeah, Garrett's situation stressed him out. Yeah, really stressed him out, man. Maybe it's, it's, it's drove him to smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I really don't know what else to say about this. It's he's facing. So basically, everybody, he's facing up to 20 years in prison if he's convicted because he was caught, he by board, caught, caught by border control, man. So, where, but wait, do you know where he was coming from? Uh, I'm not sure where. I know they called him in El Paso, right? I think it was El Paso. Yeah. I just, 
when this story broke, man, I was like, there's got to be something wrong with this. Like, they're, they're not, this can't be true. There's no way that this man just got caught by Border Patrol with 157 pounds. There's no way. I that can't is a ton. To hear, like, what, like, his end of it. Because you know that he's going to be, you know, be able to give his end in the media soon. I mean, he's an NFL player. The funniest thing. The funny thing, the funniest thing I've seen on like uh, NFL draft Twitter was someone said that uh, Greg Robinson reportedly got caught with a with a whole Kyler Murray of weed. No, <laughs> I thought that was it. <laughs> Kyler Murray, one hundred fifty seven pounds. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the listed weight. It's probably a little under one fifty seven, so it is Kyler Murray. But let me tell you this: this is also caught my eye. Apparently, it was exactly one hundred and fifty six point nine. So I don't know if the guys smoked some coming up the road or if they oh, just dude, off when they, sure. if they were off when they got it. I thought that was kind of funny that like point one was missing out of the whole thing. So yeah, I was it, like, someone got shorted. Oh, someone got shorted, or they were you know they were blazing coming up the road, man. Oh my god! But you know, moving on, guys. The uh, new CBA proposal, which has been in the news a whole lot right now. There's a lot of stuff that has changed, but we're just going to break into the uh, two bigger parts of it, or the two bigger parts that were being talked about. So the testing for marijuana has changed. Basically, the new CBA proposal narrows the testing window of THC um, from four months to two weeks at the start of training camp. Um, now, do you agree with, with that so far, Bo? Are, are you good with that? Yeah, that that's a great rule. Um, kind of like you're on giving them their personal space as, as adults. You know, a lot of them live in states now where it's legal to do that kind of thing. You know, and I think it's given them the space to, to make to make good choices. And, and if they want to for a few months, indulge themselves and then, you know, get get clean before right before training camp, which for a lot of these guys shouldn't be too hard to do, but just giving them a, honestly, a healthier pain relieving option in the off season for some of them is going to be life changing. Yeah. And all of you guys have listened to the TSR podcast. Y'all have heard me rant about how I think, you know, marijuana should not be the problem. It should be giving these guys um, painkillers constantly and just feeding it to them. Um, I think if there's a, if there's a better, if if you can get a better, um, I guess I, I don't know what I'm trying to look for. If there's a better way to go about it than giving them just tons of painkillers and letting someone end up having a drug problem or a dependency problem, that's a if, huge. And that was a huge. People, a lot of people who who love football or love the NFL, just your casual viewer doesn't really realize how big of a deal the pain medication in the NFL has become. It's actually scary when you hear a lot of guys talk about it. It's become so bad um, that a lot of players are really stuck on being dependent on painkillers now. So, you know, if if marijuana is what guys, you know, me and Bo have talked about how, you know, I've heard about guys who, um, like for Josh Gordon, for instance, he had a, he basically had a problem where he needed it to, um, I guess, clear his mind when he dealt with his anxiety issues and stuff. And he took himself out of the league a couple of times just because yeah. he knew that he couldn't pass the drug tests. And, you yeah. know, a lot of players say they used to play high. They wouldn't have made it through all the rehab and stuff if they weren't able to um, smoke marijuana. So I think it's I think this is a step in the right direction for the NFL. I, I'm glad that they did this. But also the new CBA proposal reduces the penalties to players who test positive for THC. Um, it eliminates any game suspensions um, strictly for positive tests. 
Yeah, that's great. I think I think that's great. I mean, suspending guys for for doing something that's not harmful to their body, you know, or 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 many people around them in any way, you know, uh, I, th- I think that's great. Yeah, I think I think it's fantastic. It also reduces the number of players subjected to testing for THC. Yeah. So you know, it's not a lot of these. Now you're still going to have your random drug test for like for, for um like performance enhancing and stuff like that. Which you know that's still. The amount the they call it random, quote unquote, but it, it doesn't ever yeah. seem random. They no. always test like the same guy like five times or something. Adrian Peterson gets them on the reg. Well, Adrian Adrian Peterson's just like a freak of nature anyway. Well, J- James Harrison got it too. You know, once you're once you play like a skill position and you're over thirty five, people are like, "What's wrong with you? We need to test this guy." Yeah, there's, there's no you way know? this guy could be performing at this level unless yeah. he's on something. Exactly, like an, this non quarterback. How is he still doing it? You know, or exactly. not non specialist, non QB. How is he still playing with with twenty six year olds going full speed with no injuries? You know, it's, un- it's- unreal. Maybe it's about time we test Brady if he plays till he's forty-five. I'm, dude, hopefully they've been. You know, I'm sure he's clean as a whistle with the nutrition and all that. But oh, like, I'm hopefully, sure they, hopefully they've been testing him because, I mean, there's there's no telling what all they've they've tried on him over the years to you know bring him back quicker and stuff like that. Oh, they've tried all kinds of stuff. It yeah, is the New he, England. Patriots. He's on the best diet in the league too. I'm sure he's probably oh, the most well-fed man in the game. What what is he on? Is he on the? Uh, he's not on keto, is he? I don't think he's on keto. I for, I forget what his plan's called, but it's like, it's like the end all be all of nutrition plans. They talk about it all the time. It's ridiculous, man. Best uh-huh. nutrition plans since sliced bread. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, want to talk about the expanded playoffs? That was a big talk too. <laughs> got a lot of discussion going around. So basically, it wasn't really. Um, I don't know if anybody else knew this. The expanding playoffs thing, the topic of that wasn't really a serious negotiation. It was brought up, but it wasn't a real – no one really thought it would happen. And I don't I don't think anyone in the NFL really thought that would it would change to an expanded playoff format. Um, here's my, my reasoning for not liking it, you know, if they were trying to figure out if they were going to do it or not. Almost half the league would make it in the postseason. It would be like the NBA. It would be like the NBA. But I will say this. It would make the, the playing for the number one seed and a bye in the first round so much more exciting. Because, because that, yeah, that, that they're the only team would, getting that bye now. There's not yeah. two teams getting the bye. It's just that one, right? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the bye would be sought after so much. Oh, I mean, it'd be, it'd be hard to, like – to rest players, you know, in a final week of a season, just you'd have to absolutely secure it, you know? Absolutely. So, you know, I think they'd never need to expand the playoffs. There's no reason to do that. But it also would add a third game to the wild card weekend. So I guess, you know, they're looking at it maybe as, oh, well, you know, more playoff games, more money. I'm sure the NFL looks at it like that because the NFL is probably the best business there is. Yeah, I mean that's that's part. I'm, I'm I know we're getting to it, but it's part of the reason that um, that they want to do one less preseason game and and one more game of the season. You know, is to make it a 17 game season. So the 17 game season <clears throat> topic, I don't know how I feel about that either. A lot of it would have to be um, 17 well, games would be. Well, you've heard not, the the stipulations of that, right? Uh, yeah, I have heard it. Where, where the uh, not everybody everybody can only play sixteen games, so technically your quarterback's got to sit one week. Yep, and I think I think it puts a lot of guys more uh, more at risk for having injuries. 
A lot more because you got to think about it. You know, it's a lot on the body to play a 16 game season. I want to, and yeah, I mean, and how they line up their Thursdays and stuff like that are going to be even more crucial with an, with an extra game in the season. Yeah, so I don't know how they, how they would really go about doing that. I don't know if they would do one less preseason game. I don't. I I wouldn't do it. That's what they said. That's the. It would be an extra week on the season and to be one less preseason game. That's would what, you be for or against that? Would you Would you want one less preseason? Game, I would one less one more for, uh, regular season. From a, I don't think it'd be a huge difference in my life if we did. I mean, like you, I'm thinking about it from a player health standpoint. I don't know how much they'll like it unless unless it really means that significant of a pay raise for them, you know, across the board. Because I think that that's that's part of the like what the owners are saying is like, okay, you want more of the profit share, and we're okay with giving it to you, but we need to make more profit. Basically, I think is what they you know what they're saying, and. I don't. I don't think it needs to happen, but I think that's where we're headed, based off what the players want. You know what they what they really want, which is more security for themselves, which is what they deserve. You know, but I feel like the NFL can do it without them having to play an extra game, but because they make plenty of money, <laughs> I'm sure you can agree with that. Well, yeah. Well, the whole thing with the 17 game season is a lot of players are 100 percent or 110 percent against it. Yeah, I mean, it's they, they do not it's, want it's, it. It's more gru- It's just grueling, absolutely grueling on them. I mean, let's take a look at how many players can't already make it through a sixteen-game season. Which and then is, you're going to add yeah, another which game last on top seventeen of it. weeks. You know, yeah. And then you're going to add another game on top of it. I just don't see how. I think players would start breaking down more and more, especially like with this XFL thing. Like you got guys that are going to play in the spring and make and make a roster, play do two weeks or three weeks of XFL training camp, do six XFL games, get a two-month break if they're lucky, plus they got to report to the mandatory, mandatory camps for the NFL to, to, for their tryouts, I mean, then go up and then do a whole NFL season if you make it. Like if you're like the Steelers had Cameron Kelly last year, it's safety. Played a whole bunch of snaps, but he played in the AAF before. And they went under early, so he didn't really have to deal with that. But he still hit a wall. Like he he was playing, he was in a groove. He had been playing football since spring, making contact, and then all of a sudden, about halfway through the season, he just just body and everything just all shuts down on you. They don't. A lot of these guys there, they won't be used to it, and especially the guys that are going to be basically handcuffed coming out of the XFL, playing you know six eight weeks of football before they go play another you know seventeen eighteen week season. Yeah, and see, like I, a lot of people won't see it as this big of a deal that would cause this big of a problem. But I could see players having to retire earlier if they add another game to the season. And you know, and we wouldn't be able to see that for for ten years. You know, truly, no. But yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and that is that's the reality of adding games is you're you're shortening their playing span of their life. Yeah, and. You know, nobody wants to see that. I don't want to see any more players getting hurt. You know, plus the first year that you add that, the first year you're probably going to see some solid repercussions from it with injuries, yeah. with players retiring. You're going to lose a solid amount of guys the first year that comes in because you're not used to it. These players are not used to that. Oh, man, and there's going to be so much complaining <laughs> once they do realize what's wrong. Yeah, once they and then, and then, you know, you may have to end up changing it back. I just think leave it how it is. Yeah, you know, don't get your hands tied in the situation. It's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. One hundred percent. That's the same thing with the playoffs, man. Yeah. The playoffs. This the NFL postseason for, well for so long. 
the NFL postseason is the best postseason in sports, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I yeah. think I think it gets the most attention. I mm-hmm. think it's the most exciting. So yep. why try to expand it? Why do you the, the NFL is has the problem of always wanting more? And I think if they would just be content, just be content and look how great the game is right now. Mm-hmm. Stop asking for more. Stop trying to put more on these players. You know, they their players come out every day and they give it one hundred percent, and they 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 get you know their ass kicked, they get beat up, they get injured. Um, yeah. They're retiring early. They're retiring early right now, Bo. Oh yeah, there's. I mean, and, what, and you want to add five people in this this year alone have you know been under the age of like thirty one. It's pretty crazy. And you think about adding any okay, everybody else. You know, the way some people are probably saying it is what it's just one more game. It's just. You know, yeah. it's all it is is one more game, but that's not really what it is. Mm. Add up one more game, and add one more game for ten years, and add up how many minutes that is that those guys got to play extra. Oh, and taking <clears throat> taking the hardest hits that a football player can take on this planet, it is destroying yourself for playing one more game for one it, it, more week of entertainment. You know, yeah, maybe you maybe you were able maybe through sixteen games you were able to dodge an injury. If but, you're if you're lucky, it's like no, lucky. no no one dodges a bruise. You know what I mean? Everyone is is bruised by the end of the year. Everyone's hurting a little bit. Absolutely. You're you're basically you're you're lucky to avoid major injury. I don't think the kicker's feet start to hurt after 16 weeks. Everyone's a little bit tired after 16 weeks. And another thing is, say you got these guys playing 17 games, man. Okay, well then this means that means those guys are probably going to wear out towards the Super Bowl, dude. And like, it's like, are you going to? Are, you, are they going to increase, like, you know, if the NFL plays more games, is college going to play more games? These guys are going to be coming from college never never even playing 14 games in a year. I mean, they're playing, what, 12 at the BCS level, 13 games? Times 12. 13 to 14, I think. Yeah, 13, yeah. I mean, they're going <laughs> because of Because of they're now being um, the semifinal games and a final game in the playoffs, the college football yeah. playoffs, so I think it's 14 games now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. It is. It's 13 regular season and then a postseason game if you make it. Because I think UNC went seven and six this year, and then played a, <laughs> and then played a bowl game. And I mean, you're gonna, you these kids are gonna have to get used to that. I mean, that that's not something that you could just wake up one day and, well, yeah, I'm I can play, I can play contact football for for five straight months and you know just be perfectly fine. It doesn't work that way. You know? No, it absolutely doesn't work that way, but. Um, and like I said, I think these guys would start to give out towards the end of the playoff run or the Super Bowl, man. And, and you don't want to get get guys in the Super Bowl that don't aren't there a hundred percent. We could be setting ourselves up for a worse product, like to be watching, and we don't even know it, you know. Yeah, I, like I said, if it's well, like you said, rather, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just yeah. leave it how it is. I enjoy the game. Clearly, Bo, you enjoy the game. I yeah. have no problems with it. Yeah. I get more upset when they start talking about changing stuff. That's people, when I get upset. You know, people say the NFL, you know, is is there's some people out there think it's headed in a bad direction, but I think the NFL is in great hands going forward. And Business I just, is I booming, baby. It, it, it is. It is. I mean, you got guys like Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson out there. The NFL is in great hands. They're going to be. They are. They are electric football players. They are so much fun to watch. And I would hate to do something that's going to, in the long run, be bad for them and their health. You know, because their health is the health of the game today. So. It really, really is. You know. Um, I want to touch on one thing, Bo. What did I say on our last episode about Greg Olson? Do you remember? I don't remember what I did yesterday, Jacob. 
All right. I, rem- I remember telling you that I thought that I told you that the Bills were looking at Greg Olson, the Seahawks were looking at Greg Olson. It was one of those. That's right. Like, yeah. And yeah, what did I say, yeah. Bo? I, like I said, you have to remind me. Bo, you're the worst, man. I keep I keep thinking you're going to hype me up right here. All right. I told you, Bo. I told you. And I quote, Bo, I said, Bo, I could absolutely see Greg Olson in a Seahawks uniform. Yeah. I mean, I, it's a perfect place for him. Perfect. Okay. And, they, and, and they, now and the they, Seahawks have signed him. They've got the biggest void with, you know, Disley. Disley looked really good in last year. Disley he, did look he, really he got, good. He got really hurt. <laughs> but imagine yeah. imagine two tight end sets with Will Disley and Greg Olson. And Will Disley learning from Greg Olson. Can oh. we talk about that for a minute? Or is it just me? Or, you know, am I the only one with my spine tingling right now? Yeah. Two yeah, tight end sets with Will Disley, Greg Olson. You got DK Metcalf out there. Tyler Lockett. Tell me more, Bo. Let's, Who's throwing out the ball? Russell Wilson. Yeah, it's it's in, and Chris Carson's back there, and he Woo! can he can come out of the backfield and make a play too. You know, with, in the receiving game, they 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 have a lot of options, and uh, that, that Seahawks offense. You know, I don't. They don't have to ask him. They don't have to ask Greg Olson to get down and dirty in the trenches a lot with with a young guy like Will Disley, yeah. as long as he's healthy. They don't have they don't have to ask. Them. Yeah, I mean, they're bringing can, you know, mentorship. You're bringing. And, and, Anyway, let's let's not forget. Let's not forget uh, the nobody who comes in last year after the Disley injury, Jacob Hollister, baller, such a he solid can, tight end. Play. Let can, me ask yeah. you this. All right, all right. Hot take here. Hot take time, Bo. Get I like ready. Him. I like him. Get Fire ready. it. Get, all right, all right. Seahawks have the best tight end room in the NFL. Oh gosh, that that might not, that might's a hot take because I think I like the Ravens room. I'm talking a lot about depth. Well. I'm talking about depth. I'm talking about depth. I, I now like today, now, especially now with Greg Olson signed, and we and we, how much Hollister we got to see last year mixed how, with what we saw of Disley. Will Disley is oh how, how yeah. good I believe him to be, not well, injured from what we saw. Yeah, I think you, with off off the top of the head, without running through it for a couple more minutes. Yeah, I would say they're up there. They're right there on that. So I need you to back me up, Bo, because I, I got some heat. For that last scorcher that I put out about Nick Foles, but hey, that's that's the result of doing a podcast and dropping hot takes. Um, I still believe that's that's going to be a hot take that possibly comes true. But hey, I think the the Seahawks do, like you said, the Ravens have a great tight end room, man. But I think the the addition pretty good. The addition of Greg Olson with Disley and Hollister. You know, yeah. Disley was playing well before the injury. Hollister came out and he did well also. And now you add Greg Olson. Yeah, I know the guy's been injury prone. Yeah, I know he's dealt with a lot of injuries recently. Maybe he hasn't put up some some huge statistical years. You know, the past two years or so. They're they're all such versatile tight ends. Exactly. I mean, you, you you could line all three of them up to block, but or or you could just have them in role specific. You could have Olson just catching passes. You could have Disley doing a little bit of both, and you could have Jacob Hoster down there just being your blocking dummy. I mean, but but then they're so versatile, you know, they don't have to be a tell for the defense. So, oh, Disley's in, or oh, you know, Hoster's in. We know what they're doing. They can all line up and do and do something different to mess with the defense a little bit. And I think that's what makes the room. You know, it's deep and it's versatile. They can do a lot of different things. I think it's pretty pretty intriguing for the Seahawks going forward. Yeah, it really is. So I'm, I'm gonna drop another hot take right here. Okay. And I, I'm going to say that po- now this is just a possibility. I don't know moving forward, but for right now, I'm going to say very early ahead, the Seattle Seahawks 
are my Super Bowl pick for next year. I'll say they're my pick out of the NFC. I don't know. I don't. We'll have to see what the Chiefs look like with Patrick and the Ravens look like with Patrick Mahomes. And I just think I think Russell Wilson's gonna have an amazing year next year. The guy played on an MVP level this year. And, yeah. and you know what's what's been the talk to me and you've talked about with Russell Wilson, but we've always said that Russell Wilson is such a great quarterback, but you don't have that much around him. Yeah, know, has, there, has there ever been a season since like the first Super Bowl he won where he didn't look like an MVP? <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. He, he, just, he just embodies the MVP quarterback. Who's really the best guy he's ever thrown the ball to? When you think about it, really, who is Doug Baldwin by Doug Baldwin. by the by the numbers? Jimmy Graham. I don't even know about that. Jimmy Graham was great in New Orleans, but nowhere else. See, my thing is, um, I mean, by the nut, I feel like Doug Baldwin might have outgained. I guess you know, you could, I guess Jimmy Graham talent wise, but but I mean, yardage gained. I feel like Russell did a lot for Doug Baldwin over the years. Okay, talent wise, who's the best guy that Russell Wilson's been able to throw the ball to? I mean, just top end talent potential. I mean, I guess Jimmy Graham. I mean, not, if I'm thinking about it. So listen. So hear me out count now. Dump offs to Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> okay, Marshawn Lynch may have been the most talented guy. He's <laughs> yeah. With. All right, all right, okay, throwing the ball to, throwing the ball to. We're talking about receivers, tight ends here. Okay. So me and you have said basically just now that either Baldwin or Jimmy Graham or have been his best two targets. You know, Tyler Lockett has played well. No disrespect to Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett, like I have said many times before, with all due respect, Tyler Lockett is a number two wide receiver on the majority of NFL teams. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's there, – if there, if he's your one, you're you're clearly looking for help. To go How about this? How about this? Let me run through this. Who who are the teams in the NFL that Tyler Lockett would be a number one guy on? The, yeah. uh, the Bills? Maybe. Maybe the John Bills. Brown's pretty good. John Brown's pretty good. But I would say Tyler Lockett's better. So I That's, would say the uh, Bills. Yeah, the Bills. Uh, uh, who else? The Jets, maybe. I mean, Robbie Anderson, Jameson Crowder, and I mean, Quincy Anunua. He could fit in there pretty quickly. I would say, okay, I would say Tyler Lockett's probably the number one there. Yeah. So we've got two teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins. Devontae Parker's way better than him. Um, I don't. I don't know if that's true. I, if, if it's if it's Jacksonville. Maybe, you think Jacksonville DJ better? I really like DJ Chark. I really like DJ Chark too. <laughs> so I, but it's not about. I think Tyler Lockett. Is probably a little bit better than DJ Chark right now. I think DJ yeah. Chark is a higher. Yeah. Um, with the Dolphins, I'm taking Tyler Lockett every day of the week over Devontae Parker. Mm. Maybe oh. that's because I've had Devontae Parker on my fantasy team before. I don't know. I can't tell if it's by. They just or not. locked Dolphins. Just locked him up. Yeah, but I, I've, al- I've always locked him up as a sleeper in fantasy too. And guess what that does for me, Bo? Not much, and it may do the same thing for the Dolphins. You're focusing too much on your sleepers. <laughs> Focusing too much, man. I know. So basically, look how much we just struggled to name teams that he'd be a number one on. Again, I know it sounds really disrespectful, but Tyler Lockett, if I have the honor of you listening to this podcast, man, all due respect, go do your thing. But I think this is the most talented Seattle Seahawks offense they've ever gone, they've ever had around Russell Wilson. Is that a hot take? Did I just drop a third one? Uh, that's hot. I think that's hotter than your second one. Is it really? Okay. Well, I, here's why. You have a guy that, that fell in the draft last year that put up a historic combine in DK Metcalf. Everyone yeah. was saying this guy could only run go routes. It came out it was not true. This man played amazing this year. 
He he bought in and played amazing. Ran all kinds of routes, man. DK Metcalf, the potential of DK Metcalf is there's almost no limit to it. The ceiling is almost not there. Oh yeah, the ceiling. <laughs> Michael Jordan said the ceiling is the roof. <laughs> DK Metcalf is already the best receiver potential wise that Russell Wilson has ever had. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, wide receiver for sure. So you've got DK Metcalf coming up in his second year. You've got Chris Carson, who who had a great year last year and continues to show that this guy is the real deal. Then you have Tyler Lockett, who has amazing chemistry with Wilson. You have, you know, if you if you you know, hopefully you're going to have Disley and Hollister both back healthy at the beginning of the season, and now you add Greg Olson too. It's insane. I think it's, it's the best offense. Terrifying. I, mean, I think it's the best weapons Russell Wilson has ever had. You got to feel truly, for that division. Those those other teams. I feel bad for them. <laughs> I feel bad for them too. Talk about. <laughs> let's that. talk about another quarterback though. Drew Brees has now told everyone that he is returning officially for another season. Bo, does this make the Saints the favorites in the division again? It should. I think. I think they're the team to beat. They've been the team to beat now for three years almost. And uh, I think he does. I mean, I wouldn't, I would look like their, their offense, I think is going to look a lot like last year. I mean, you're Michael Thomas is going to probably lead the league again in receptions, but I mean, they won't, they won't necessarily all be super deep balls either. You know, he's just going to be a technically a better receiver than, than everybody else out there. I mean, I don't, unless they make some crazy draft moves. And I think it's, it's going to look, they're going to be just rolling right on into next year. Like they were just look just like they were. I don't think they're going to take many steps back. I think they just got to get it together in the big game, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think, I don't know what it is They they always, when they went into that Vikings game this year and, and, and the Diggs year where Diggs made that crazy catch. I mean, they're just, they're a better team when they showed up to that game. And then when they, by the end of the game, they weren't the better team. Not, it struggle with that sometimes. I don't understand that part about the Saints. You have to feel for Drew Brees because he's put in such good situations, and a lot of times it's not his fault when he doesn't end up winning the game. Yeah, you know that that horrendous call with the Rams. Yeah. I mean, ha- imagine going out like that. Imagine going out with the Stephon Diggs catch. Oh man, that just that's a hard way to go. But you, the guy, you, you think Brees, he'd be retired if he had won a Super Bowl in one of these past few years? I don't. I, I don't think, think he would have so kept either. playing. For I think, the think that would game. just fuel the hunger even more. Um, I, I really want to see Drew Brees get one before he goes out. Now, yeah. this is a, a big controversy right now. Where is Drew Brees all time for you, Bo? All time? Uh, I mean, top five. I, is I he think top five? I, I don't know if he's my top five. Brady's my but my best quarterback because of you know, obviously the Super Bowls and all. And then I like go like Peyton behind him. And then after that, um, I would say it's a it's a mixture of some guys uh, like I mean freaking Joe Montana won four Super Bowls. Brett Favre's amazing. You know, I think Drew Brees has got to fall down in there in that top five. I don't see how, I don't see how he doesn't. I mean, the the, the records are all there. The records all of, are I all mean, there, but, but the, the abilities there, the leadership's there. He's got a ring. I mean, he's not like it's not like Dan Marino where he never won a Super Bowl. You know, and, and the, but the numbers are there. He's got where does John Elway? He's, he's fall checked for you? it. He's checked it all off. 
I've never been as big of the Elway person as many people, so you might not want me to answer that. I mean, he's top ten for me, but okay. I, he's not. He's not. I, I, I personally, I think there's some other guys that I might throw in there before him. You know. Okay. Yeah, like you said, you've got Tom Brady, you've got Peyton Manning, um, Montana's obviously up there. You've got Brett Favre, Breeze. I think he's right on the uh, on the fence for me in being a top five. I mean. We'll see. If he comes out and he balls out this year, he'll be top five. He wins another Super Bowl. How can he not be? Oh, he would absolutely be. He would absolutely be top five. Uh, We're going to keep moving here, Bo, with more quarterbacks, though. Not as highly regarded as probably the past uh, two guys we've been talking about, though. Jameis Winston. Mm. Jameis Winston may be on the move, according to Peter King. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people think that Arians doesn't like him there. Well, I mean, and like not as a person, but just doesn't like. Well, after he the said option. the quote that he said, "We can win with this guy. We can win with anybody." Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't know if I was Jameis, I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." Like, I wouldn't. Yeah. That would be really not exactly a vote of confidence when you're looking you know, for a contract. Coaches say some kind of messed up stuff all the time. By the way, big shout out to Le'Veon Bell this year. This has been something I've been thinking about. Big shout out to Le'Veon Bell. No matter how many times Adam Gase came out and basically said, no, nah, I don't care whether Le'Veon Bell plays here or not, uh, or, or if he said um, he's not that important to the team, Le'Veon Bell came out and wore the white and green with pride every game, and he balled. So shout yeah. out to Le'Veon Bell for not getting into the drama and keeping his eyes on the prize. And um, – you know, trying to help the the team succeed. Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell's, uh, I guess, w- like you know, want for a for a, a high, you know a, a big contract that's you know highly guaranteed, has really given him a bad rap. But I think he's a decent dude, you know, and and I, I honestly miss him playing in Pittsburgh. But I think he really does just want to come and play football. I think he just gets caught up in all the mess a lot. You know, I, I mean, I really think he he wants what's best for himself and to play the game, and you know, and he, I just think he is a good guy. I don't think Le'Veon Bell is like I think he he wants to be a part of a team. He wants to contribute. You know, he wants to get the ball a ton of times in a season. You know, he wants to have two three hundred carries. You know, that's him. That's Le'Veon. No matter know. who comes up to me though and tells me that he deserved, I don't still don't think he deserved the contract that he got. I think they still overpaid him. But yeah. I'm glad he got his money. Go get well, your do money. Do you think any running back deserves that kind of money? Or do, I mean, because if anyone so, deserves it, it's a guy like Lev. You know. Okay, what I mean? so so there's only a couple of running backs in the NFL right now. I would pay that kind of money. I would not absolutely not pay. I would, would you? That kind of would money. you have paid Le'Veon that money? At, like if he didn't take a year off football, I think the year off football hurt him. I think the year off football hurt him too. But I still okay. I probably would have paid him that money. Let's be, let's be real. If if I was the Steelers, I would have okay. paid him that money. Kept him home. We offered him that money, just not guaranteed. Exactly. But I would have guaranteed him the money. Because look yeah. what the Le'Veon Bell did for you guys. Again, guys, we are going to go back to this Jameis topic, I promise. Me and Bo were just ranting as usual. Um, if he had stayed, if, if I was the, the guy, you know, if I was with the Steelers and I was like, yeah, let's pay this guy. Look what he's done for us. We're paying him for what he has done for us and what he's probably going to continue doing for us. But, you know, when you go to a new team and you get in a new system and everything, you don't know how a player is going to um, fit. And the amount of money they just paid him, it was not worth what they got from him this year. The At all. At all, man. Uh, like I said, there's only a couple of guys in the NFL right now I would pay top, top money in the NFL. One 
if it was you know two years ago, Todd Gurley, I absolutely believe Todd Gurley deserved the money that he got. Unfortunately, the knee injury came in. But how could you not pay Todd Gurley? What did the guy have? Like, I think it was like 28 touchdowns and in, in like a two seasons. Yeah, it was. A so you have to give him that money, man. You have to give him that money. The, the team was rolling through Todd Gurley. Like I said, unfortunately, you know, I'm a big fan of Todd Gurley. I'm a big Georgia fan. But, you know. Would I pay him the money now? Absolutely not. Absolutely no There's big contracts, man. They eat you alive when someone starts getting hurt. They really, Absolutely. I mean, but it's what's happened to the Steelers with Big Ben. Here's the guys I'd pay. I'm 100% paying Saquon Barkley. People could say, oh, well, he came out and got hurt this year. No. Saquon Barkley is a generational talent at, at running back. No, I'm not just saying that. I mean, look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look, we, we, we knew that before we even went to the combine. He – tore it up at the combine and then came out and just went off in a terrible offense so Saquon Barkley I'm giving that money to okay I don't think Saquon Barkley is that injury prone either um he's taking a heavy load man he's taking a heavy load I'm giving Ezekiel Elliott that money that may surprise some people but Ezekiel Elliott what he has done consistently for the Cowboys he's earned that money and I think he's going to continue doing that for it's the Todd Gurley concept like how can you not pay that man yeah, how can, pay the man. how can you not? I'm giving Christian McCaffrey that money. Oh, yeah. Christian McCaffrey yeah. that money. Who else deserves that money more than Christian McCaffrey? No one. But Christian McCaffrey, the load they put on that guy in, in receiving and rushing, second, and he the falls resp- out, the, re- the responsibility in a second year that he had to have with no Cam Newton and the way he played was unreal. He was, my, he was my pick for offensive player of the year. <laughs> yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. 100% agree. With you. Let's see if I can think of anyone else. Um, Would you? Is Kamara worth it for you? No, I'm not sure no. You said that. No, absolutely not. No, yeah. I'm not giving Kamara's an unbelievable talent. You said that pretty unequivocally. Like you said that quick. <laughs> no, no, I'm not giving Elvin Kamara that kind of money. Absolutely not. He is the model of consistency. I'm pretty sure he put, did the exact same thing, the exact bow. I'm not just saying that. He did the exact, I'm pretty sure, the same. His like receiving stats this year were the exact almost number for number as he had last year. Yeah. So he's a model of consistency, but yeah. I'm not paying him that money. I don't trust Alvin Kamara as a three-down back. I really don't. I feel There's like no I, I trust the Saints in replacing him, too. I trust it too, man. And just like the like I think I think the Saints have the same game plan. If they had some guys come in, I think they could take they could take Sean Payton could take an undrafted running back, just like Andy D, Andy Reid did this year, and Kyle Shanahan did. Sean Payton, you cannot tell me that he couldn't take an undrafted running back and get him to almost put up the same stats as Kamar. There's no way you could sit here and tell me that. Yeah, At least if, they, if he spent if he spent a year or two looking, he could he could replace him. He'll he replace him. He'll replace him with a deep room at first, and then replace him with like with another player. I mean, he, he definitely can. It won't take that long. <laughs> it won't. So let's think about. So I've said I've said Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, who else? You said Lev Bell. You said no, technically you, you'd pay Lev Bell. I would pay if he if he didn't take a year off. So technically, yeah. I'm not paying him. Okay. Um, and I said, uh, it, I said Christian McCaffrey, I don't know. I'm trying to think maybe, maybe this is a 100%. Maybe this is, there is no, after this season, no, but after what he, it, you know, let's see what he does. this coming to you. Joe Mixon has been a good running back. I don't know if he's earned max money. I really yeah. don't No. but, but, but yeah. I think he's been in a terrible offense. He's done well. Yeah. But like you just said, I don't think I'm probably going to give him max money. 
I'm just trying to run through some other guys. What do you think, what do you think Josh Jacobs is going to get in a few years? I think he's going to get some 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 cash. In a few Josh years. Jacobs is absolutely going to get some cash, man. But we'll just see. It, it's a it's a new era coming into the NFL right now where. You're, it is very hard for these guys to get paid. It really is because there's so much talent in the draft classes. Dude, well, you got to think like think anybody who's ever whoever played football growing up. The best kid on every team was the running back. Everyone wanted to be the running back. The best kid was the running back, and almost at every level you play your whole life, the best player is the running back. So think about that at the NFL level. It is a huge pool of the best athletes from their hometown all over the country every year. They're all in the NFL. You know what I mean? It like really you can is, man. you can find them. The best, normally the best athlete on the field is sitting there playing running back. You know, and 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 that's how it's been forever. And I think that's changing some. You know, as the years are going on, you're starting to get the best athlete on the field as a receiver. You know, great you know super athletic linebackers. You know, edge players that just defy all the odds. You're getting all that stuff now. You know, like the Chase Youngs. It's like, oh my god who built him in a lab. He's yeah. unbelievable. You, know? but it, it, you really have to see how talented the guys have to be. I mean, you have to be an unbelievable talent to get max money at running back. Because think about it. I'm not giving Melvin Gordon max money. Melvin Gordon no is so good. He's so good, though. Look at what Eckler just did. So exactly. <laughs> but Melvin Gordon, I'm going to say Melvin Gordon is more talented. Melvin Gordon well, is I'm a very good running it hurt, back. It hurts Melvin's money, though. Look, look, look at this. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's an extremely talented running back. Yeah. There's no way I'm giving him max money, when, though. When he came out for the draft from LSU, it was like, this is the next big thing. Oh, my God. Everyone thought he was untouchable, that type of person. And he was. As a prospect, all-around prospect, there, it has been very few we've seen with his build, his strength, his speed. Leonard Fournette was the all-around. His work his, ethic, too. His work ethic, too, was unreal coming out of LSU. You heard what he did between in the offseason last year, right, where he, like, locked himself in, like, a hotel room for, like, four months or something yeah. and, like, and like deleted his phone number and only gave it out to his family and like lost weight and got his mind solely back on winning football games and stuff. And I dude, I'd expect to come another off season like that from him, <laughs> even, yeah, even man. though he's, he's not Zeke yet, but I would expect another off season from him working like that. He's, he's, he's a dog for sure. Absolutely. He absolutely is a dog. Um, but I'm going to move on a little bit here to my favorite topic we're about to talk about, the NFL Combine. Guys, it is NFL Combine Week and NSC Combine Week, by the way, because you guys have been here in the interviews we have, I've been doing. So let's not forget about the NSC. It is just in, as important. Um, all right, Bo, NFL Combine. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them, but there have been 16 new drills uh, that are going to be introduced at the NFL Combine this year. They've gotten rid of some drills. They're adding some drills in. Um, pretty much every position, there's going to be a new drill. But my favorite drill is the figure eight drill. Okay. Now, that's not that's not what it's actually called, but that's just what I call it. Um, and some other people call it that, too. Uh, figure eight drill. Basically, this drill um, shows the amount of bend a player has and makes them reach mm-hmm. out to grab a towel in the middle of a uh, pretty much a hula hoop. To make sure it, it just shows they have to basically you have two hula hoops rolling on the ground. It looks like an eight. They're both yeah. laying on the ground. Yeah. You got to run around one, go back around the other one. Um, so you've seen it done. I, I've so, done it before. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah. I think that is an amazing ad. I can't believe that it hasn't been at the combine already, but I cannot wait to yeah. see edge rushers. It's weird. It hasn't been. They've been That's doing that I'm stuff saying. in practices for years. I mean, I so, did it in high school practice. I mean, I cannot wait to see like a guy like Caleb on Chase on. 
and Chase Young. Imagine watching Chase Young do they're this. They're so fast, but like get the, when they're that low to the ground and like and and dip in their shoulders. Like, it's it's unreal. It's going to show GMs immediately um, what guy can and what guy cannot get to the um, quarterback with bend. Yeah, and I think that that the shoulder bend they're showing is also an effective double team like thing as well. It's like you beat double teams by getting skinny as well. Get it skinny, so I, it's, I get it, small. It, yeah, it's that. That's that's also it shows. Not only does it show bending the edge, getting around like a a six foot eight left tackle is really hard to get. A guy, Bud Dupree is a great example. If you ever watched, you know him and T.J. Watt. Bud I watched Dupree, a ton of film of Bud Dupree. Dupree bends the edge at his size, like 6'3", like 270, and f- super fat, lightning fast. That is like what the kind of – the Bud Dupree bend is what they're looking at. It, uh, it, uh, a big 6'7", six 6'8", foot six foot left tackle gets so off balance when he's got to reach down and grab like that as, he sh- as he's you know shuffling left or right. It's, it's, it's really hard on him. They want to see if you can dip that shoulder, man. That's what it all comes down to. Can you dip that shoulder down and not lose speed? Yep. They, that's what they want to say. And then have the concentration to grab something as well. Yeah. Either a football, someone's foot, anything. Whatever you can get your hands on to make a play. So so I can't wait to see that drill. Um, I, I think it's going to be awesome to see that. But anyway, man, there's a lot of talk. The biggest thing I want to talk about right now with the NFL Combine, it is Combine Week, is the quarterbacks. Um, the top three quarterbacks. I want to talk about Joe Burrow. I want to talk about Tua, and I want to talk about Justin Herbert. Okay. Joe Burrow. Everybody's there's a lot of news coming out about could he pull an Eli? Could Joe Burrow <laughs> pull it? Pull an Eli and force a trade and basically say no, I'm not playing for the Bengals. He won't because, do that. But see, a lot of people think that Joe Burrow is the only one that has leverage, but he's not. The yeah. Bengals have leverage in this whole thing as well. They really do. Um, but will any teams trade up for Burrow? I don't know. I don't think they will. I don't think the Bengals, I don't think at this point you could offer the Cincinnati Bengals enough to get them to trade Joe Burrow. This guy is from Ohio originally. He grew up a Bengals fan. It's just like it's a fairy tale. And he's from like a, he's from a rough part of Ohio as well. Yeah. So I don't think you could trade anything to the Bengals to get them. What do you think, Bo? Do you think a team could offer up enough? And if so, what would they have to offer? I think, I think there's a price tag. There's always a price tag in my opinion. Uh, there's in the NFL. I don't think nothing's not for sale. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to the draft picks, it, it would take, it would take a high swap. I think it would take like a top 10 swap. I don't think they'd want to go back past 10, you know, probably swapping like the top six for a team like or seven. Like a lot of people think the Panthers really want Joe Burrow. Um, like the Joe Brady connection. A lot of people think that that's, you know, a lot of just. I mean, I think they're they're making rumors. I don't. I see the the top three are probably going to go down in order like that they were supposed to. And it's just it'll just be one, two, three. You you won't you'll probably won't even bat an eyelash at it. But it would take a high swap in the top ten, and it would take. Probably multiple picks going back, like a, a second with that swap, and then it would probably take a first next year as well, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, it so, would it would, so, it would it'd have to be. There's no telling what the first would be, you know, for them next year. So it'd be a huge risk. Let me get a feel for what you're saying right now, real quick. Are you saying the the the, the top three picks are locked in 
are you saying that the teams that have those picks aren't moving, or are you saying they're they're not moving and the top three players are going in the top three? You think there's a lock of what players? So I imagine you're saying Burrow's one, Chase Young's two, Okuda's three. I would say so, yeah. Okay, that's I believe I. I could see that I agree with you on the first two. I think Burrow is a lock. I think Chase Young is a lock. Yeah. Okuda should be a lock at three. But I think there's a solid chance because the Detroit Lions have made it known, man, they are open to trading the number three pick. They are listening. Here's what I think is going to happen. They're, and like I, the Lions are in this whole thing with Darius Slay, too. So They are. They, they are. You know. So they could end up dealing him as well as part of a package deal. But I, for some reason, I feel like Miami – is going to get nervous that teams are, you know, they don't know about teams contacting the Lions. Yeah. And a team's going to jump them to take Tua. That's what I think is going to happen. I can see the Dolphins making a trade with the Lions and the Dolphins moving up to three to pick Tua to make sure no other team gets a shot at it. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, the I'm, I'm really, really interested to see what Tua is going to do this week. I've, I've been reading some things saying that he's not really ready for combine workouts. So I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, obviously all he needs is a pro day, but yeah, yeah, we all want, we all want to see two of there, man. Like, oh, you, oh, you want to see, you, you want to see, see the best guys. So bad. So bad. Oh, you want to see the best guys compete against each other, man. I would love to see two go against Burrow. I would be, but it's a hell of a consolation prize to watch Herbert go against Burrow. Dude, but I'll get to Herbert in a minute. I got a lot to say about that. Um, it's weird when you step back and look at the whole Joe Burrow situation. In about, let's go back about a year and a half. Burrow is being hyped up the way, the same way that Andrew Luck was. Uh, they are saying this guy is the safest QB prospect in a long time. That's the same thing they said about Andrew Luck. I remember I was, you know, I was reading the other day. Andrew, like, I don't know if you remember how, how what the craze was like, Bo, about oh, yeah. Andrew. Yeah, coming out of Stanford. It was there, there, was, there was a team. I'm trying to remember what team it was. I can't remember. I think it – I don't know if it – I can't remember. what. I don't want to come out and tell you guys the wrong thing. But there was a team and a GM that was going to offer the entire draft class that that team had just for a chance at Andrew Luck. What? Every player they drafted, they would have traded for Andrew Luck. And that was actually a call that was made to the Colts. A team called and said, we will give you every one of our picks if you give us um, the shot at Andrew Luck. Dude, we'll give you everything that, else. That's not worth it. <laughs> Especially looking back at it now. Imagine if they had done that now and Andrew Luck retires early. But also, if he's on a different Look, team and he doesn't take the same amount of hits, maybe he doesn't retire early. I Googled it. I Googled it. My... Uh, Mike, at the time, the Browns, I guess. The Browns, that's who it was. It was the Browns' uh, president at the time was Mike Holmgren. Uh, used to coach, uh, I think, Green Bay and Seattle or something like that. And and uh, he said he would offer to give up his whole draft, whole draft in exchange for the rights to take Andrew Luck. That is wild. I mean, dude, there are guys – I'm serious right now. I know a lot of people out there are like, well, I wouldn't do that for Joe Burrow. But I'm telling you, Joe Burrow is being looked at. He just had the best collegiate season ever by a quarterback, ever. If, if you could find me another quarterback to put up a season like that, please show it to me. 
Please it's not. Show it. it is not. But I, this is what's weird about it. You, you, he's being hyped up like he's the next Andrew Luck right now. It's tough. But, it's but, tough. But, it's but, tough but, act to follow. <laughs> but Burrow coming into the season was po- probably, Bo, realistically, not even a top five prospect at the quarterback he, position. He, before the season, if you weren't an, an LSU or probably an Alabama fan, you didn't know who he was. That's what I'm saying. So it, you'll see what I'm he's getting a, down to. He's in a, a transfer. Minute. I mean, I'm a, from I'm Ohio about, State. He was a nobody for a while. I'm about to say something that's probably going to sound blasphemous. Blasphemous in just a minute. Just, that's, just, why just that's why it's our show. You can that's why it's the TSR podcast. You want to hear bad takes and hot ones? Come to us, baby. We got them all. I'm all so, here, here for it. So, like I said, Bro coming into the season, man, was probably not even a top five quarterback prospect. He wasn't on my board. He really wasn't. He was not a top five quarterback prospect on my board. I had Herbert above him. I had Tua above him. I had Fromm above him. I had Easton above him. Um, and I had Love above him. I had all yeah. those guys above Joe Burrow as a quarterback prospect going into the draft. I would have had every one of those guys getting drafted before Joe Burrow. For sure. So this is this is what I'm going to say. This is what could, you know, be pretty controversial. I have to ask it. What is the bust possibility here? I mean, when you step back and look at a guy being hyped up this much, what is the true bust possibility of Joe Burrow? There, I mean, there's – he could he could be an NFL quarterback for ten years and still be considered a bust. He could I think, be. I think it's high. I think I mean he could he could be backup quality for ten years. But, but why is no totally one talking be considered, about that? I mean, people are calling Trubisky a bust. He won the division last year. Did he Seriously. win the division? Did he win the division? It it does not. He was the quarterback of the division winning team. It doesn't matter. If you just have to think about it, like that's what I'm saying. Like Burrow could come out and be like that kind of guy where his team wins their division, but like was it on him? You're you saying he, he could that, come that, out. That's and be the, the probability of him being a bust. Like he could come out and the team have success, but not necessarily because of him be a ten year backup and everyone will still call him a bust. You know what I mean? Even though so you're he saying he could come right out, dude. He could come out and do just enough, just enough. Just stay in the league, you know what I mean? And, and, and no, that would not be enough. After this hype, that would not be anything near enough. There, this guy, this guy has already come out saying, "I'm going to a team that wants to win Super Bowls." Like this guy has come out; he's a very confident guy, and I have no problems with it. But I, I don't think nearly enough people are talking about what is the bust possibility. Oh, I'll tell you what, the Bengals better get it together because. The, the stuff that Carson Palmer said about the Bengals organization, what they were, and what Jordan, they thought was Jordan not Palmer. good. Yeah, yeah, it was not. The Palmer family did not speak highly of the the desire to win championships in Cincinnati, which I think is probably a load of. It's a, probably a little bit of exaggeration on their end because I guess they didn't feel that way. But I mean, it's the Palmers. They're a little bit of pretty boys, you know what I mean? They're. they're I think you know Jordan Palmer says things sometimes for his career. You know, Jordan been, Palmer is a career TV a guy. That. I mean, not saying I've been thinking a lot of that, but I didn't want to say it to anyone because you know I'm not trying to jinx myself because being a Bengals fan. But you know the Palmers, like you said, I guess the quote unquote pretty boys. They are. Um, they're USC quarterbacks. They're pretty boys. They're. I guess what that's them. Like in there now, I don't know what Carson does now. Probably on TV somewhere, but it's a, it's become a, a TV family more than anything now. You know? It really and, has. And then what 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 is best for TV? Controversial takes, whether they're right or wrong. But, but that's why smoke screens in the NFL draft get so much hype. 
Oh my God, dude! Yeah, let's, let's think about. It. Let's think about it. all last year. All last year before the draft, leading up to the draft, I remember all I heard was, and you know, last year I was at the NFL Combine. All you heard constantly, man, was is Connor Murray going to be the number one overall pick? Like, well, imagine could could the Cardinals take this guy? But you, we knew since like we knew probably since December that Long the Cardinals time. were taking him. Long we, time. It was new in the NFL community. Uh, Kyler Murray was going to the Cardinals. It was pretty much set in time. The Cardinals were taking him, and it's been the same. You way. didn't see any. There was no shift in what people thought was going to happen in picks like one through nine last year. It was like all the rumors, anything that happened. I don't think there was anything crazy to happen up until like the Devin Bush trade, and even then, a lot of people saw that going down. Yeah, that was at ten. You know what I mean? So, and you know, it's been the same way with Burrow, man, or maybe even longer. They've said Burrow ever since Cincinnati got the number one pick locked up. It's pretty much been all right. Burrow's going to Cincinnati. What's well, and that, that's what that's what they need. They need Joe it's Burrow. What they need. Um, so let's break down another quarterback that you just brought up, Bo Tua. Mm-hmm. So Tua, everybody, obviously coming off a little bit of injury issues, um, going in not a little bit, a lot of bit. Going yeah. into the combine with the whole hip injury, um, so he said if he could choose what team he was drafted by, he would choose the Dallas Cowboys, which is not a shocker. Dallas Cowboys, they're America's team, but he said that he would choose the Cowboys. Now let's do a hypothetical here, real quick, but real quick. All right. Tua is drafted by the Cowboys. Okay. Is Dak Prescott starting in two years, or is Tua? I don't think you're drafting. I don't think you're drafting Tua to sit the bench if you're if they're drafting Tua. I think if the Cowboys so think, hypothetically drafted Tua, it's because they're unhappy with Dak. So you're going. You're going. Um, if Tua's coming to Dallas, he's starting. You're saying Dak's getting traded. Yeah, okay. I don't. I don't think you bring both of them in there like that. Tua's so the way things work now, the way I see it, is you get very few guys who are sitting behind someone nowadays. Now I don't. I think it helps. It works. I mean, Pat Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year, and I I think it, I think it helped. Do I think Pat Mahomes would have been bad that first year? Absolutely not. He probably would have been a plenty good, above average quarterback that very first year. Yeah. You know what I mean? But. It's just not something you see happening a lot today. It's it's when now. It's we need you now. What can you do for me tomorrow if I take you in the draft today? You know. So I, if you're taking a guy like Tua, you're you're you want to throw him. I think they're trying to throw him in the fire. I mean, Dallas Jerry Jones wants he's drafting Tua and he's going to want butts in the seats watching Tua. You know, if we're yeah. talking about that, that's what I think. So. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with you. I think if you you know if they drafted Tua, Dak would be getting shipped out. Mm-hmm. Um, now the Dolphins are the most likely team to draft him, but it's not a done deal, man. It really no, isn't no. because they're also re- they've been really it's it's come out it's rumored. Um, they've come out and said they are very impressed with Justin Herbert as well. This guy just put on an absolute, you know, stunner at the Senior Bowl. The guy came out and pretty much didn't mess up anything. The biggest thing they were worried about with Justin Herbert was his leadership ability. And he he showed he was a leader down in Mobile. He he his ball placement was it was you know awesome. The the ball had a lot of zip coming out of his hand, so he showed off down there, man. You know Jordan Love he put on a good show, but he wasn't anything close to Herbert. That's how it was supposed to be. So yeah. Herbert didn't hurt himself at all. So you know I think there is a slight possibility that the Dolphins possibly 
maybe they take Herbert over Tua. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Tua is the pick. But I do not think it's out of the realm of possibilities that Herbert jumps Tua, especially especially if they see anything they're worried about with Tua in the hip. Well, I bet you the Chargers hope. I bet you the Chargers are praying that the, the Dolphins like Herbert. <laughs> well, I, I hope that Herbert goes to the Chargers. I think it's a yeah. perfect fit for him. Yeah. But um, but they're now coming out saying there's a possibility the Dolphins pass on Tua with the fifth overall pick. They're starting to say that he's not a slam dunk. He really is not a slam dunk. There's a lot that you can nitpick about him. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if I'd say that. Okay, you can nitpick the injuries. All right, but again, <laughs> I, and I've said it a million times, Tua is the best pure passer in this draft. Joe Burrow is awesome. Joe Burrow deserves all the hype after the season he just put on. Man, just just had the best college season ever. But I think Tua is the best pure passer in this draft. What do you yeah, think? I agree. I really, really, truly think he, he is. His accuracy is off the charts, man. He has great decision-making. I mean, now, yeah. also, people are going to point to this. Well, this guy had an unbelievable um, receiving core this year. Oh, yeah, the offensive line is best in the country. Great yeah. receiver. Oh, man. Like, yeah, he has an offensive lineman like going to the top like five. Like, like, kids still yeah, – people still mess that up. Like, yeah, it's not like he's going to be throwing to, to duds in the NFL. Alabama it's, quarterbacks have had the best receiver every year for the last decade. And, that and what have those quarterbacks done? Zero. Exactly. Yeah. And what quarterback – I don't even remember who it was. What quarterback had Julio Jones? What guy had Amari Cooper? Uh, A.J. McCarron or uh, Greg McElroy. Like, these are the guys we're talking about here. There's yeah. nobodies. A solid backup and probably a guy who would start in the XFL. Freshman Jalen Hurts, you know what I mean? Like Jalen Hurts, we'll get to him in just a minute. Um, yeah. But I, I, Tua obviously is the best Alabama quarterback ever. I yeah. think he deserves that hype. He is the p- best pure passer in this draft. Like I said, his decision making is off the charts. His accuracy yeah. is too good. Arm strength. He's mobile. The guy's mobile. Why is everyone acting like you act like he gets a hip injury and he loses a leg? Like yeah, he, the the old heads might argue that Joe Namath is the best ever. <laughs> I guess they could, but I'm, I'm taking two. I'm, I'm taking two. I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, his surgeon came out and said that he does not believe um, two was injury prone, which is good. You want to hear that from the surgeon? It's a freak injury. I mean, it's like it's like that was like saying like you know Lev Bell's injury prone. Like no, Vontez Burfict just fell on his knee backwards and and tore every tendon in it. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. It. Freak things happen. This is that's that is why we're going back to the seventeen game thing. We don't want seventeen games. Crazy things happen to these guys playing football. It's dangerous. And then Justin Herbert. Okay. So this guy's still getting slipped on a little bit, and obviously, you know, it, it's, for the it's the numbers bigger... he put up. He is okay for the numbers, absolutely. But let's think about some other reasons. I'm gonna go down a list here of why some other reasons this guy's getting slipped on, and I don't understand why. He's bigger than Burrow and Tua. What do they always say they want in a quarterback? They want guys that are big, big built quarterbacks. This you guy is think, bigger. You don't than... think that's fading away a little bit now, though, with all like the guys that move now, all these runners you're seeing. Do I think it's fading away? Probably. Do I think it should? I don't know. Yeah. But Remains let's to be think seen. About let's think about it. Whether it's fading away or not, they still look for it. Okay, this guy's bigger Absolutely. than Burrow or Tua at 6'6", about 230 pounds. Yeah. He probably has the strongest arm in the draft other than Jacob Eason. Because mm-hmm. I think Jacob Eason has the biggest. Talking about just standing team. still and just chucking it. Just chucking it. The Josh, he so he's the Josh Allen in. of this draft. No, Jacob Eason is. Okay, okay, all right. I would say Jacob Eason is the Josh Allen of this draft. Absolutely. J- Jacob Eason has, like, ridiculous arm strength. Um, but here's my thing. I think that that Herbert 
has better accuracy with just a little bit less arm strength than I would rather have in, have Justin Herbert with his arm strength and his accuracy than Jacob Eason with his um, arm strength and his accuracy. I think Herbert is more accurate. So, so you know, you're losing a little bit of strength in the arm, but you're getting the accuracy. So it's not, you know, you're not losing just because you don't yeah, have the strongest arm. Yeah, Tom Brady can't probably throws like the, you know, 10th or 11th furthest ball in the league, if that. You know what I mean? Probably Absolutely. a ton of guys that can out-throw it, out-throw them distance-wise. So what do they look for in quarterbacks, though? They look for size they look for arm strength they look for mobility right Mm -hmm. all right he's bigger than burrow and tua second strongest arm in the draft he's also also athletic like burrow and tua has does anyone i don't know the people who are sleeping on herbert are you watching film have you seen this guy scramble out of the pocket did he he have like 60 games straight with a touchdown pass yes Something ridiculous. I think he might have been like 70 games. But. but this guy, this guy can scramble. But I know you've watched him some. The guy yeah. has some wheels. Oregon was a blast to watch this year. They really were. And a lot of it was because of Justin Herbert's ability to create explosive plays, to yeah. extend plays. So he also put on a show at the Senior Bowl, like I said. And this guy, before the season started, Bo, even with Tua, maybe it was a little, um, a little different than other people had it. Justin Herbert was my number one quarterback coming into the season. I think a lot of people thought he was. Like he was, he, the, really he was, was. he was the flashiest pick before the season. Yeah, so I think it's kind of ridiculous he's still being slept on. Second strongest arm, you know, I can go down the list. I don't know why he's still being slept on. We will see. The ideal situation is we see all three of them go up against each other in Indy. That's yeah. the ideal situation. More than likely, it's going to be Burrow versus Herbert, which I'm completely fine with. I'll take that every day of the week. I'm not going to turn that down. Well, I, mean, I mean, I want to see – I really want to see Jordan Love compete. I yeah. want to see Jordan Love compete too. I, really he, want to see I think he's got a lot to gain. He's got a lot more to gain than Eason and, and Herbert do and all them. Oh, I he mean, does. He has a lot more to gain, a yeah. whole lot more to gain. Yeah. He, Herbert, he comes he out like, and looks amazing. He's got – he can really he can really up his draft stock. But let's think about it. You know, we're excited to watch these top three guys we just talked about, you know, yeah. Herbert, Herbert, and Tua. But I'm also really excited to see Eason from, I, you know, I just had this weird love for Brian Lewerke. I can't wait to see Brian Lewerke. And another guy that I think there's a possibility, he has maybe one of the weirdest throwing motions I've ever watched on film. I was just watching him the other day. Cole McDonald from Hawaii. I've heard a lot about that kid. I think he may turn some heads, Bo. I don't even have this written down. It just came to me. I think this guy. Is he the Minshew of the draft, mid-round wonder? Possibly. Honestly, Bo, this guy, I I, I just really like Cole McDonald. I have a really good feeling this guy. There's going to be a quarterback who falls through the cracks this year. I got a feeling, man. There's going to be one. It's a it's a It's a deep. I think this is just like one of the deeper talent pools we've we've witnessed. Well, when you in a go while. into corners and you go to wide receivers, the mm-hmm. running backs, you know, it could have been a lot deeper. You you know, you had Hubbard go back, you had ETN go back, but it is a very very deep draft. This hey, what well, the, the ETN return surprised me? Oh, that really surprised me too. Oh, no, no, I can tell you right now, Hubbard going back surprised me more than anything. I don't know why he went back. Really. I think he would have been a stud in this draft class. Yeah. I think he really. I think he would have made a name for himself. He's that talented. I don't know why he went back. Uh, but one last quarterback I want to talk about. Jalen Hurts said he will only work out as a quarterback in Indy. Um, obviously, you know, with his mobility and you know some questions about him throwing the football, 
some teams were probably going to ask him to run some routes, um, catch some balls. Jalen Hurts said he will not do any of it. He will only yeah, work why? out. Why? Yeah, that's not. It's like so. Stick to your guns. Like it's such an insult for athletic quarterbacks. Like stick to your guns, young man. Stick yeah, to man. them. The money is at quarterback. The what's this guy is been? Quarterback. What's he been in? Has he been in two national championships? Mm-hmm. At the quarterback position, was in the playoff the the second time after breaking tons of record. I mean, the third time after breaking tons of record at Oklahoma. Took two teams to the you know. College That's what I'm saying, like, man. Like, I mean, he showed up to Oklahoma day one and made a difference. He absolutely did. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's seen a lot of success at the position. So don't you know? Don't 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 do it, man. And you know, these quarterbacks need to stick to their guns. There's been a lot of quarterbacks that have been asked to do the same thing with Lamar Jackson, man. And look what just happened with Lamar Jackson. MVP, baby. MVP, baby. I'll yeah. scream it. I'll scream it to the top of my lungs, man. What? I just don't know why. What? Why they think a guy like Lamar Jackson, after being the electric quarterback he's been for the you know, all through his time at Louisville, could just show up and just be okay with catching passes? Yeah, man. We're gonna get you to go out he here wants, and catch balls, man. He like, wants to lead men, dude. He's a wolf, not a sheep. You know exactly. what I mean? He wants to be out there leading the team, and that's how, my opinion. That's hurt. Like, that's Jalen Hurts. Like he would rather be like like be the shepherd leading the flock. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be the guy with the answer. I don't see. He's not a guy who wants to just line up. You know, you know, outside the you know the view of the camera. You know what I mean? He wants to be the guy with the ball in his hands. I'd let him be that guy. I think it's just such an insult for him. Exactly. Go out there and show your teeth, Jalen. Yeah, You're the dude. wolf, baby. You're the wolf. Every, everyone's been doubting him. Almost his whole career, and look at what he's done. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, other news at the combine, Bo. Imagine this: AB has made the news again. Antonio Brown plans to meet with teams at the NFL Combine. What? Yes, sir. AB there, coming there's out. No, there's no end to his madness, man. There's no end to his madness. But Bo, I'm I actually think this could be a good thing for Antonio Brown because I think it may help his chances once he gets to plead his case face to face in Indy at the NFL Combine. Well, yeah, and he he uh, got back with his girl, <laughs> the one that he had all this incense with. Hey man, maybe yeah, change your heart. Change your heart. I mean, I mean, it change your heart, and I mean, it, it's good for his career to be to be stable with her. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm I'm upset because the chant the the whole thing with Antonio Brown being in Indy means there could be a very chaotic combine, and I am sad I am missing it, Bo. I that's just can't believe that the NFL would even have him there. But yep, he's gonna he plans to meet with them, man. So does he plan on being with him, or is, or is everyone's there? Are the NFL planning on doing it? I mean, like, if he's planning it? to meet with them, if he's planning to meet with them, then he clearly has talked with teams. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I know for a fact, you know, he's been in talks with Tom Brady. I mean, he's not a ghost. You know, there there have no, been got a lot of friends in the leagues. Yeah, so so I think that teams will meet with him. Hot take. One last hot take. <laughs> you're all you're full of hot takes tonight. Whew. The beginning. Of Antonio Brown's next deal with an NFL team starts this week. There's going to be a rumor that comes out that a team is liking what they're hearing from Antonio Brown, and they're strongly considering resigning him, or not resigning, signing him. Dude, it's so, going to be some team like the Seahawks or something too. Some, I don't know some, if some team with a dude. It's going to have to be a team that can handle him. You, you want know to know who I, what I think happens? Who he goes back to the Patriots? No chance. We'll see. Well, I feel like the the Patriots are like the Steelers. Like once they wash their hands up from you, like they've washed their hands of you. But how are you going to come out and say that when there's a possibility that the Steelers want Le'Veon Bell back? 
I guess, but I mean, did they, like, <laughs> yeah, wash, yeah. Did they wash their hands of Le'Veon Bell? Like, Pretty Le'Veon much. Bell did, I mean, Le- Lev Bell didn't leave in like that fashion. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I mean, like, no there, one, no there one really isn't been. near the love lost between the two. Like, yeah. AB, AB, like, literally lit the bridge on fire on the way out of town. Like, True. I mean, Lev Bell is best friends with the guy who took his job over. You know what I mean? Him and James Conner are, like, super tight. Yeah, while well, Antonio I, I, Brown just rips Juju to shreds. Oh, my God. Big, Juju, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, the ownership, everybody rips them all to shreds. But, I mean, and, and look at and Lev Bell. Did you not – when we when he played, when the Jets played the Steelers, Lev Bell showed up in uh, a yellow shirt and black pants. Steelers colors. You know what I mean? Like, I think Lev Bell would be hype on returning to Pittsburgh. Well, I'll take I, think, I think in the end, if A.B. returned to Pittsburgh, it would blow up in flames. Oh, would I think the would worst too. thing for him? But anyway, bro, I'm a, we're gonna have to get off of here and let these guys hear the Adam Dolphin prime. I mean, uh, interview fun tonight because we're having too much fun, man. And it always happens. By the way, guys, Bo was telling me that he was tired. Uh, he gave me a call earlier and told me that he was tired. <laughs> he no, you called me. No, okay, you I called you and, you and you said, "Oh, I could fall asleep right here." And I told him, "I was like, just wait till you're on the podcast, man. You always liven up." So anyway, we can see how tired Bo is right now. Uh, but let's hop off of here so uh, these guys can get Adam Dolphin interview, and this doesn't turn into a two-hour podcast um, with the overall length. Bo, go ahead and give you a plug, man, so they know where to find you. Uh, you can find me on over on Twitter uh, at TSR, and that's in capital TSR, lowercase B-E-A-U. Uh, you can find me. He's tweeting about uh, football, mainly about the Steelers. Um, it'll be a lot about this draft stuff coming up as the combine videos and stuff come out. Uh, I have posted some articles on there about the Steelers every now and then, uh, so just be on the lookout for that. And I uh, appreciate being on here with you again, Jacob, man. It's always a blast. Oh, yeah, man. It's always a blast. We're going to keep making them, man. I, I do. I was saying the other day, I was like, what, what is it going to be like when we look back and we're like on our like 100th epi- episode? Yeah, I think it's, about that like before every episode. <laughs> it's like what it'll be like to say we've done, done 100 of these. Be yeah, man. So, so we'll see. Also, guys, we're going to give you a uh, little insight on something right here. Bo doesn't know about it, but I'm really taking it competitively. Guys, please go follow me uh, on Twitter because the race to 500 followers is real. And I've just now taken the lead back J- from Bo yeah, on, my, on J- the scouting Twitter. So please. Jacob made this a race. I must say, because I came out hot when I made my TSR Twitter, and now he, he, he's 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 feeling the heat. That's what it I'm, is. I, I, I'm 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 gaining traction again, Bo. Um, so how about this, Bo? I'll give you a little incentive. Whoever gets to 500 followers first on Twitter, I will, I will get a trophy for. Okay. All right. I think right. I think the trophy should be for a thousand, but I like that. Hey, no, we're gonna have a, we'll have a trophy for both. We're just getting a little incentive, man. We're gonna have fun along the way. You know that's how TSR does things. We're gonna have a lot of fun along the way. But guys, please go follow me so I can get that trophy up on my man toy, not on Bose. So it's the cl- um, it's, it's the clout trophy. Yeah, the clout trophy, man. But uh, anyway, Bo, appreciate it, man. Guys, I'm gonna leave y'all with the Adam Dolphin interview. We had a ton of fun. Um, Adam Dolphin's an amazing guy, so I cannot wait for y'all to give it a listen. So next up is the Adam Dolphin interview. Thank Go you, guys. Follow Adam on on social media as well. Absolutely, man. I got I got him. Uh, I got him to. Um, I think I gave his plug at the end. So, guys, please go give him some love. Adam Dolphin's an amazing guy. He's chasing him dr- his dreams just like me and Bo are living out ours right now. Yep. So, anyway, guys, y'all have a great night and enjoy the interview. Peace, Peace out, guys.
All right, guys. So we've been doing a lot of interviews recently, but I wanted to change it up a little bit. I thought since we were talking to so many guys that are going to be up at the NFC this coming week, why don't we talk to a guy who has already gone and performed there and see what the experience was like? So here's my man and former NSC participant, Adam Dolphin. Adam, I appreciate you giving me some of your time, man. I know you're a busy guy. How are you doing? How are you doing? Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on here. So you're a DB from Cheney University, and um, yes. you, you've been training with Probing Elite, which is led by former NFL DB and Super Bowl champion Brandon Bean. Yes, yes, he's a really good trainer. So how's Definitely that training been going for you, man? Or, or is the training been going well for you? Yeah, it's been great. We've actually uh, we've taken huge strides. Uh, he's very technical, really good coach, and he pays attention. He pays attention to a lot of details. So definitely, definitely, uh, definitely improved a lot. Now, how did you end up getting um, getting in with probing elite? Did, did you know someone? Did someone tell you that you know that you they thought that you should go work uh, with them some with your training? What was it that you know got got you over there? So originally, I was uh, lived when I was living well during Cheney. I was living um, in Westchester, so my wife and I moved to Collegeville, and it was a little bit further for the normal gym that I go to. So she told me, you know, it'd probably be a good idea to reach out to some of the training gyms around here. So I ended up reaching out to. Some gym, and it was, uh, they trained more receivers. So the guy had told me, he was like, you know, there's a really good DB coach. You should try and train with him. It might be a little bit further, but it'll definitely be worth it. So I reached out to him via email, and um, he told me to come out. And from there, that was it. We were just training from that point on. Now, is it just uh, more of Brandon Bing being the NFL guy out there, or are there some other NFL athletes out there with you training? Um, there's some other NFL athletes. He's got uh recently, just uh, past week, <clears throat> we had uh, Daryl Worley and uh, Will Parks both training. Um, and it just it's really good to have pro guys around you because, um, especially if that's the direction you're heading, you know they got a lot of experience in the league, and it helps for them to translate certain things. So, you know. It's just it's just good to be around those kind of guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it is. And you know, any knowledge you'll take from any of those guys is definitely, definitely. something that you're open to. Um, now, have you been in talks with any teams recently? I know a while back you were telling me of some teams, but anything recently going on with you? Uh just this season. This season, I was actually reaching out to teams myself without an agent. It's very, very different situation than you know your ideal player that might have gone to a bigger school, but. I spoke to about five teams this year. Um, I spoke to Chicago Bears, um, Dallas, Denver, and a few other teams, the Chiefs, um, I think Dallas, and one more team. So just reaching out to teams and, you know, sending my film from the Spring League. And because um, that was my most recent film and seeing when that got me. Yeah, man, you, and you you pretty much tore it up at the Spring League. I remember me and you talking about it, Sandy. You, you were happy with your performance up there. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was happy with it, but then, you know, as an athlete, just being the competitor I am, it's like you want to do more. You know, that pass deflection, well, I could have caught the pick. Or that tackle, you know, maybe I could have punched the ball out and, you know, made made him fumble or something like that. So, you know, it's funny. I still sleep, and sometimes I'll wake up, and I'm like, dang, I wish I would have got that. But I wish I would have got that interception or something. But I was happy. I was definitely happy with what I did. Just wish I could have done more. But it was definitely a good experience. Yeah, you always wish you could have done that that little bit extra, the little <laughs> yeah. bit extra. Maybe maybe that would have looked a little bit better on film. Maybe, you know, that would have gotten me, you know, uh, a little bit more attention if that had been a forced fumble instead of a tackle. That's true. Yeah. So, so you, you always <laughs> want to be a, a little bit more. 
Um, I remember being extremely impressed with your film, man, when I when you know I first started working with you and, and going through it a little bit because you were a very complete defensive back. Uh, you could pretty much do it all. Um, you had the ability to jam receivers at the line, play press man, good in zone coverage. You had a ball hawk mentality, and you were an excellent at tackling in space. So that that's just that's just some stuff off the top of my head, man. That I, I remember just from watching your film, and you know I, I'm sure you're only improving upon it. So. Um, now, how did attending the National Scouting Combine up there in Indy, how did that impact you as an athlete? Um, that was that was a very eye-opening experience. And I can honestly say that right there helped me mature as an athlete so much. Because people don't realize you can be the most athletic person in the world and go to a combine like that and your preparation is everything and I feel like I didn't prepare for that the way I should have and that was just a very eye-opening experience for me to go in there and and train and you know do everything for the last few weeks that I because I found out about it pretty late but I was really excited that I got invited so I went and it was just you know you've got so many other guys that you're around, you know, everything you do is being ridiculed and watched. So it's definitely preparation. If I tell, if I tell anything to anybody that's going to it, I tell them that they need to prepare for it. Just prepare the best you can and start as early as you can. Yeah, man. You know, I've told all these athletes that I've talked with that, that, you know, Jimmy is a great guy and he puts on an amazing event up there. He's an amazing guy. He's definitely, he's definitely an amazing guy. He's very personable. And it, it was very welcoming to be able to speak with him, you know, although he's running the entire thing, he made sure that he was able to speak to the majority of the guys. So, very good guy. Yeah, he doesn't see himself as like the big man on on the field up there. He, he wants to come down and talk to you. He wants to do everything possible to make sure that you feel welcome and you feel comfortable up there. So, you know, like I said, Jimmy's an amazing guy, and and the event itself. You know, I've had a couple of athletes come up to me and they're like, you know, is this a legit thing? Is this legit? Is this something that I should go to if I've been invited? And I tell them every time, 10 times out of 10, yes, this is a legit event that, you know, there were scouts. I'm sure, you know, when you were up there, there were scouts there watching you. So, you know, it it draws attention and, you know, it it couldn't be during a better time either. It's up there in Indy in the same area at the same time the NFL combines going on. Correct. So, you know, scouts are everywhere. You've got eyes all over you. Now, what did you learn? If there was one thing you could key in on, Adam, what was the one thing that you learned from the event? Um, like I was saying, I, I probably uh, – one thing I learned, I think the entire combine process to a lot of guys, yes, a lot of the drills are relevant, you know what I mean? But I think the biggest thing that people need to realize is your preparation is everything. They want to see, I believe – my personal belief, I believe they want to see how good you can prepare for an event. We're telling you that this day we want you to do these events and we want to see with this allotted time, how good can you perform in these events? So biggest thing was preparation. My, unfortunately, when I found out late, I didn't get a a plane ticket. I actually drove in a, a rental car 11 hours from Pennsylvania. And that was just me not being prepared for it. Cause I feel like that took a toll, but if I were to say anything, I would tell guys to prepare. I mean, this is a real deal. They're going to measure you. They're going to test your speed. They're going to test your strength. And 
there's eyes on you, you know, from the day you step in there and you weigh in all the way to the end of the combine when you're speaking with coaches and you're doing whatever you're doing, you know what I mean? They're watching how you're stretching. They're watching your mannerisms. They're watching how you speak with other athletes. They're watching if you're paying attention, if you're warming up, they're watching everything. So I've definitely learned that it's a serious situation. You need to really be prepared to the best ability that you can be. So you drove up there, Adam. Now, now, how quickly? So you, when did you get up there in comparison to when the event started for you and you had to start doing drills? How much of time between you you arriving up there in Indy and then starting doing drills? How much time did you have in between? So I actually, I'm not exactly sure how much time, but I actually was late. I almost missed, I almost missed the the first portion of it actually. Um, I just didn't time it the right way. And I mean, unfortunately, with me finding out late, I actually found out through a good friend of mine at the time. And so um, I found out late and I wasn't able to really prepare for the situation the right way. But um, it, I think that was, it was a blessing in disguise because it showed me like, listen, if you do something similar to this again, you better be prepared because you didn't show out the way you needed to. And that sticks with you until the next time you have an opportunity, if you have another opportunity. So luckily, um, I was invited to the uh, American National Combine um, at the end of May. So that'll be what I'm preparing for at this point. Well, congratulations, man. I did not even know that you had been invited. So I know you're you're definitely on your P's and Q's right now wanting to get ready for that <laughs> event and go out there and show out. Because I, I know how, talent, how talented you are. So I, you know, I think you want to show everyone else the same thing. Now, are you still in touch with any of the guys that you competed against? So, so actually, let me ask it this way. Did you know anyone else that would be at the event when you were going? Yes. I actually knew one other receiver that that was the one that actually told me really, uh, really good receiver is really, really quick receiver, really quick. Um, he actually told me about the spring league as well. So we actually went to the spring league. Uh, together as well but his name was Johnny Martin and he did pretty good at the combine I'm not sure if he's doing anything else this year because I'm sure he was busy but um he was he was really good and he's he's probably going to be if he is going back he's probably going to have better numbers this year now are you still in touch with anybody else I guess you said you know you haven't really spoken with Johnny that much but are you you in touch with any other guy do you get any numbers up there from any guys that you're still in touch with about training and stuff like that or are you pretty much uh, Johnny's still the only guy you really uh talk to since probably, the combine honestly probably just Johnny I mean I after the combine I uh I was pretty upset with myself so um I really didn't interact the way because I, I was I just wasn't okay with my performance, knowing that I could have done better and I could have performed better. I really wasn't okay. So honestly, I wasn't trying to uh, speak to other people. I was really upset with myself, and I just was trying to figure out from that point on how I'm going to fix it, what I'm going to do to fix it, to make sure that the next time I'm granted with a situation, an opportunity like that, I could uh, I can make the best of the opportunity. Okay, now, um, like I said, you're a DB from Cheney University. <laughs> what made you want to attend Cheney University? Um, coming out of high school, I honestly, it's funny, I honestly didn't have the most guidance when it came to going to college, especially to play sports. Didn't know, didn't really know about Division II college. <clears throat> I only knew about D1 schools and uh, didn't really have the most, yeah, just didn't have much help with it. So, you know, you see all the big schools on TV, you know, Michigan, Oklahoma, and stuff like that. So, like, those are the schools you wanted to go to. But, unfortunately, you know, I didn't qualify for those schools and stuff. So, I actually went to a uh, 
basketball. I actually went to a basketball showcase with one of my best friends, my best friend when I was uh, younger. And Chaney actually came up to him to speak to him. We were actually going to go to Chaney together. He was going to play basketball. I was going to play football. And he actually ended up going to a different school, and I ended up going to Chaney. So uh, it was just meant to be that way. Um, and Chaney, you know, with Chaney being the first HBCU, I was actually really excited to go to the school. So um, that's, that's how that happened. And um, I think it was, you know, although we struggled on the football field, I think I've met some lifetime friends. I've had some friends that were uh, – in my wedding. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a great experience all in all. That's awesome, man. Now, do you remember, this may be some uh, hard questions for you right here. Do you remember what made you want to play the sport of football? <laughs> what made me want to play the sport of football? Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a basketball guy when I was younger and my dad was a bit taller. My dad was a bit, about six two, but I remember him always, uh, him always going to watch the giants games and, um, I don't know. One thing, it just it just clicked. I never played football when I was, you know, I didn't play any peewee football. I played basketball all the way up into high school. And um, I remember in eighth grade, one of my teachers told me, she was like, uh, you know, if there's anything you want to try when you're in high school as a freshman, she's like, you should try it. So I told my dad I always wanted to play football. And football is not really the biggest in New York City. So that's originally where I'm from, from the Bronx in New York. But um, I tried it. I tried out for the football team. And I ended up making it. And it was just as quick without any hesitation. That first year, football became my first love. And I didn't start playing football until I was 13, 14 years old. But I never looked back since. You know, track and football has been what I've been doing since I was, yeah, about 14 years old. I just love the sport. Well, I guess you kind of answered my next question there. Because, you know, my next <laughs> question was going to be, you know, do you remember the moment that football became your passion? So you're saying pretty much right when you got – on the field, start playing. That's when you pretty much figured this is what I want to do. Yeah, it was what I wanted to do because that uh that same friend, I um, yes, the same friend I ended up going to college, the college showcase with. We were trying out. We were actually on the same uh, scrimmage team. We were trying out for the basketball team after the football team my freshman year. And as fun as it was, like it was more serious to him. It was kind of more fun to me, and that's when I knew I was like, yeah, football's football is definitely it for me. Um, tackling. Uh, everything from tackling to playing defense. I, I never really wanted to be too much of an offensive player. I've just always been a defensive-minded guy. But, um, yeah, football's just been it since that point. Now, you mentioned that, you know, you're getting ready for this next combine that you've now been invited to. Uh, what type of training are you honing in on right now? Is there a specific part of your skill set that you're trying to get ready and make sure it's top-notch for this next combine? Um, I would just say um, – explosion you know what i mean the uh the 40 was one thing that i definitely dropped the ball on and i'll be honest with myself you know what i mean um i did not prepare for the 40 the way i should and it's it's like really bad because i was a track i was a captain of my track team in college so for me to run something like that was really upset with myself so i told myself i'm not gonna allow something like that to happen anymore you know what i mean i'm gonna show my speed this time and i'm gonna make sure i prepare and do things the right way so out of any of the drills, I would probably say most likely the 40. Obviously, I'm, I'm still lifting at a – I've got some great trainers at Powertrain in Westchester, um, Messiah and Jason, and they really push me to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm making gains as far as, you know, weightlifting. So just being as explosive as possible, really explosive and really quick athlete. Now, so that I can the, do everything. 
what is the 40 time that you that you is something that um i guess what is the 40 time you would be happy with at this next combine what would you be happy with to put up that would you know make you feel good and think you performed well in that department if i'm being 150 percent honest uh a four three um i've ran four three one time before um but i haven't again since and um that's when I was training the way I am now. So, uh, four 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 would be you know four four low would be really happy with. But a four three, I mean that's that's what I'm looking for. It's not I'm not a six foot one, two hundred and ten pound defensive back. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, running a four three would definitely turn heads, and I think that's what I need to do to make the uh, to make the change. You took the words right out of my mouth, man. I, I was about to say if you run a you run in the four three range or uh, sub four four, I mean you're 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 going to be turning some heads. That's going to open some eyes right there. Yep. I mean, how can how can it not? You know, speed kills, man. <laughs> right, speed absolutely kills, and that's right. you know, it shows that that shows in the NFL today. So right. the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl because speed kills. Speed kills. That's yeah. so so true. You can game speed plan kill. for a lot of stuff, man, but you cannot game plan for speed. Right. It's just it's just something that that can pretty much outdo any any type of planning. It's just God given talent, man. And, and 100%. it sounds like if if you're if you'd be happy with a four three, I mean, my God, I, I've never even ran through a forty yard dash. I don't even know what I'd run, but I can tell you right now, <laughs> I would run a four three. I can tell you that right now. So, so you you are uh, you're definitely very fast in my department, man. Now leading up to the combine and the NSC combine, you said that you know you did not prepare the way you you should have, right? But you know, what preparations did you go through and did you think it, it did help you improve any up there? And what preparations was that that helped you improve? So I, um, instead of focusing more, okay, so you're, going, you're heading into a combine. You know what you're going to be tested on. So instead of testing majorly on the combine drills, you know, the five ten five, you know, your broad jump, your 40, I was more focusing like as if I was going to camp where I'm focusing majorly on my technique. So when we got to the actually, when we actually got to the DB drills, I was extremely comfortable. You know, I felt like I was, I was flowing through my, through my drills and that's just a portion of it. So it's like, you know, you're going to take the SAT and you study on the math part, but you don't look at the reading part. So it's just one thing where, you know, you have to kind of do it all together. You know, you got 24 hours in a day and you got to make time for all the things that you need to get done. But those, those two are definitely, you know, you're going to need both sides of the combine aspect as well as the field side of the drills. Now, let me ask you this, Adam. So obviously the, all drills are important for different positions. Right. Uh, but – uh, I had a couple of DB guys come on. I had a safety come on yesterday, and I had a uh, cornerback come on uh, yesterday. Now, for the defensive backs up at the NSC combine, what, what drill do you think did you see when you were up there that uh, got the most attention? And, and you know, it looked like you really need to perform well in that to, um, to you know, lock yourself up as a solid prospect. Uh, can I pick two? Pick two, yeah, absolutely. If I pick two, I would say. 40 because nobody wants a slow db and i would say the broad jump um for me the broad jump they did have a vertical there but i would say the broad jump because they just want to see how explosive you are and um 
it's yeah, it's probably a toss up between the broad jump, definitely the forty, but the broad jump and the vertical. But I'd say the broad jump. Definitely, okay. I saw a lot of eyes looking at the broad jump. But yeah, nobody wants to slow <laughs> slow DB, so everybody's watching the forty. Now, what part of your uh, game up there when you attended uh, the combine? What part of your game do you think sur- surprised scouts the most? Do you think they they really went away and they're like, well, you know, this guy Adam Dolphin, he he really excels at blank. Probably the way I flipped my hips. Um, my fluidity through my breaks and opening up after a backpedal, changing directions, very fluent, and I was confident with that. Um, and, that's and I guess that goes into you. I really was worried about. Yeah. I guess that goes into you working out. You said you were working on technique and things yeah. like that. So I guess that that goes into how comfortable you were in the drills, basically. Correct. Just with Correct. the DB drills. Um, now I'm asking this too. What is your favorite team, Adam? My favorite team? Yes, sir. Uh, since 2007, I have been a Green Bay Packers fan. Um, Charles Woodson has been my favorite player all time since probably since I started watching football. Um, and yeah, that's that's not going to change. You know, retired or not, I think he's I think he's the I think he's the best defensive back. The best defensive back ever, is Charles Woodson. Yes, in my opinion, that man. I tried to make my game, emulate my game as closely to him as possible. I've seen Charles blitz off the edge. He's playing in the nickel. He played safety at the end of his career. Corner, he disguised cover two like no other. And he's, what, top five, top eight in interceptions all time? Oh, absolutely. People realize that. Yeah, he's he is an amazing athlete. Adam, I don't know if you have a copy of the questions that I was going to ask you, but it seems like every time you answer a question, you answer the next one too. Um, the, <laughs> no, the, the, question, the question I was going to ask you next was, you know, what player, and you know, it can be more than one, but what player do you think you've modeled your game after? You know, and if you take something, a couple of, or, or a little something from one guy, a little something from another guy, who are those players and, you know, what, what you know, makes you take that from their game? So, um, that's <laughs> funny that you said that. Um, yeah, Charles Woodson, I, I really look at a lot of guys that played in the nickel. So, because that's, you know, a lot of guys play corner. You know, you got a lot of safeties. You got your one high safety. You got box safety. Then you also have, you know, your nickel defensive backs. Um, Tyron Matthew is, you know, he just won a Super Bowl. He's watching him since college it was just amazing to see what he can do because he just covers so much ground he's just a part of every play um chris harris really amazing db cover guys in the nickel cover guys outside so just just uh watching guys like that and just seeing the plays that they make you know sometimes i even watch safeties you know that might not even be exactly my build but um jamal adams i watched film studies with jamal adams some film studies with uh Malcolm Jenkins and the way that guys why they want you know sometimes they watch so much film these guys watch so much film and they're so good at what they do but they're able to make plays based off instincts as well as the keys that they read and when you watch the keys and see how fast they react to some of these keys it's amazing it's really amazing it just makes you want to be a better athlete be a better player and uh, be more of a student of the game yeah man a lot of times when you hear these guys talk about how they break down film, like you're saying, like Malcolm Jenkins and stuff like that. If you've ever listened to that guy talk about the way he breaks down film when he's watching, these guys are unbelievably 
um, intelligent individuals. The, the way wow. they go, the, the, the amount of detail that they go into when they're watching, you know, they're planning for a game they're playing next Sunday. It is unbelievable the amount of time and effort they put into it to not only being on the field and performing at, you know, peak level, but just being in the film room and making sure, you know, their brain is at peak level as well. You know, they're studying every right. day, day in and day out to make sure that they are able to um, be ready for whatever is thrown at them. Right. So, were you a big film guy, Adam? I've asked a couple of guys that I've had on here that are going to be up at the uh, combine. But were you a real big film watcher? Yeah. So I, it's funny your story. Tell me that. Um, I, I actually, few it was about two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago. I actually had the opportunity with my one of my defensive back coaches, uh, Coach Rich. He was one of the first guys to give me an opportunity to train with him after um, after college. And we were able to go to shut down you in Arizona uh, and train with Darrell Rivas coach. Um, an amazing experience. And when we trained, you know, trained with some pro guys, but after the session, we sat down and we watched film for hours. And you really, really realize how much film study goes into the play because you're pretty much playing with all guys that are high-level athletes. <clears throat> so the way to get an edge, you know what I mean, it would just be to watch the film. You know the formation. You know the tendencies of these plays. You know how this guy releases. Um, so from that point, I always watched film, but that gave me a different perspective on film because now I'm paying more attention to everything opposed to just maybe watching a receiver. Now I'm watching the entire formation. Now I'm watching how this guy releases. How is he when he's getting the ball versus not getting the ball, how is he released when he's tight versus negative plus split, you know, different things. Um, when he's off, man, watching the quarterbacks, I'm watching the quarterbacks drop and how the quarterbacks tendencies, how they like to just watch everything. You know what I mean? And it just gets you a better feel. And I swear when you get in the game, whether I'm at corner or one high safety or playing in a nickel, it, everything is just slower. You know, a, a, a lineman will down block. There's a play when I was on the spring league, Watching film, alignment down block, and I'm literally almost in the backfield. <laughs> and it's just mm -hmm. like you just see these things because you watch so much film that your mind just naturally reacts to it. Okay, down blocks, I have to go down. Right? He does this, I have to go here. So film is definitely, uh, definitely a big part. I've definitely became a really big film watcher to this day. So you just um, pointed out, you know, competing against other great athletes, something you just said. So a couple of the guys I've had on, I've told them that, you know, all of these guys, you, you want to have confidence going up to the NSC combine. You want to be right. confident in your own abilities. But, you know, I've told some of these guys, you know, either during the podcast or after the podcast, after, you know, we're just kind of sitting around um, just hanging out. Basically, I told these guys that look, you know, you're going to get up there, and you know, a lot of the guys that are going to this combine think they are the, the you know, they are the, the best guy in their area. Like, you know, they're they're one of the best guys on their team, <laughs> right? They, you know, they're top dog. But when you get up here with other guys at the NSC combine, it's a it's a whole lot of talented athletes. Did it catch you by surprise, Adam, when you got up there and saw how good some of these guys were? Well, it's it's just a, you know, you bring a bunch of dogs together. That's what you're doing. You know what I mean? And you know, competitors are going to compete. So whether you're having a good day or a bad day, however you're feeling, when you get on that field, at the end of the day, you know, you have to do your best. You have to compete. So definitely there were some guys there that 
you know, were, were really impressive. You know what I mean? And it's just like, you can't, honestly, you can't even worry about them because you have to do your best. You have to compete at the best of your ability. So, I mean, there's going to be guys there. You know what I mean? There's always going to be guys there. And, you know, everybody, like you said, everybody thinks they're the best in their area. And you should feel like that. If you don't feel like that, then you're probably, you're probably playing the wrong sports. Yeah, that's right. Try, try to be, I've always said it's better to be, it's, you want to be confident, but try not to go overly cocky with it. Right, right. Because when you get cocky, that's when you that's when you can get humbled real quick. Right. You can be confident and be really quiet and do your drills. If you start speaking a little bit too much, that's when people start to think you're cocky. But, I mean, right. at the end of the Absolutely. day, performance is everything. So, performance trumps everything. So. Yeah, numbers don't lie. Like right. Num- numbers <laughs> on the, yeah, now, you can have a bad day and you didn't put the number that, you know, you thought you would. But, you know, like, if you if you go out there and you put up great numbers all day long, you know, numbers don't lie, man. It it, it tells its own story. It right. really does. It does. Now, you've mentioned a lot of great NFL players, a lot of NFL greats. <laughs> I've been talking to you, Adam. Who is your favorite NFL player right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite NFL player right now. That's a good question. I see. It's probably probably the pro- person I probably watch the most film on. Um, I'd have. I see. I'm not an offensive guy, but I do. I do appreciate like really talented offensive weapons. Um, and it's probably probably a little biased. Can I give you an offensive player and a defensive player? Absolutely. I would love I, any, anything you want to tell me. <laughs> so, I. I watch a lot of receivers release off the line. Definitely hands down Devontae Adams. Okay, I, I got I gotta ask you this. I gotta ask you this real quick. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I gotta go ahead, this. Go ahead. Who are the best the guys that come off the line, the best releases in the NFL? Some guys off the top of your head. Okay, so uh Devontae Adams is definitely one of them. Um I would say whew, Would so you put like, Stephon Diggs? Oh yeah, Stephon, Stephon's he does a lot of crazy things with his feet. It's funny because you have to. You're looking. I'm looking at receivers that run amazing routes and receivers that are really great off the line. Like uh, Adam Thielen's, I think he runs really good routes. Like he's, oh, he runs unbelievable routes. Whoo, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you thought he's going this way, but he's not, and he makes all, everything look the same. Devontae Adams is really good out of his breaks, and he runs identical routes. Um, there's so many receivers. Julio Jones is. You just don't want to go against Julio because it's, it's, when you watch film, like obviously we know he's good. You see the stats, but when you watch film on guys like this and you see the certain things that they do throughout the game, it's really like wow. Like he's he's that's definitely a matchup. That's definitely a matchup. Amari Cooper is a magician. When every time I watch I was about Amari, to say Cooper, Amari man, run a slant like a slant out or just a slant. You know he makes everything look so, and everything's so sudden. And he's big. He's not a small receiver. He's a he's a big receiver as well. So there's a lot of guys in the league that really can do a lot of amazing things with their feet. See, I was always a big fan of watching. You know, he's retired now, but I was the get off um, of the line that Doug Baldwin had. His moves were unreal, <laughs> yeah. man. Yeah, right. Doug Doug Baldwin was um he he's. <laughs> He's actually made a lot of highlights of DBs, unfortunately for us. Highlights of DBs releasing off the line and getting open. Uh, and he's studying, you know what I mean? He's he's studying. One of the guys that I would probably say, and we were talking about this when I was at uh, Shutdown U, 
Andrew Hawkins. Oh my god. Okay. This man I, I didn't expect to hear that name, man. I really did not expect to hear that name, but okay, I can definitely go with that. When you're really watching the film, like this dude, he has an answer for everything. You play off, you play inside, you shade switch outside, you try to jump jam, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, the man's feet were really quick and he gets off. And obviously, uh Ocho Cinco, he's he's that's another given because he's you just don't see feet that fast. So it's just hey, man, really hard. You're to talking touch to him. a Bengals fan saying that, man. So, okay, so you uh, understand that. Hey, I love. Say, I'm a diehard AJ Green fan, man. Diehard okay. AJ Green fan. Um, okay. Unfortunately, he's been hurt some recently, but hey, I hope he comes back a little bit healthy. But yeah, man, I want I wanted to ask you. Okay, let me ask you this. Even though you're a DB <laughs> and you know you watch film a lot, there there's a lot of controversy right now with um. You know, we'll even throw uh, even though he's not playing right now and he's got some some controversial stuff going on. Okay, you got. Uh, you, you get to pick from. I'll give you three guys, and you pick if you're a uh, if you're a coach and you want to pick one of these guys to be on your team in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna give you. Um, let's see, which way do I want to go here? All right. Who? I'm gonna give you. Okay, you got one choice is Michael Thomas. <laughs> okay. One choice is Julio Jones, and one choice is. Whew, I'm trying to think of another guy I want to throw in there. Um, Okay, okay. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, Michael Thomas. You said Antonio Brown? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm the coach, right? I'm not the DB. Yeah, you're not the DB. I'm the coach. You, you're a coach picking what guy you want on your on your team. I'm getting Michael Thomas. I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I love Julio, and AB's a great receiver as well, but you can't teach size. And although AB is super quick – um. These guys, Julio and and Michael Thomas, get open equally as well. And I feel like I can throw the ball to Julio and Michael Thomas just as much as you know. I can throw. Them, I can feel like I probably throw the ball every play. So that's why I can't be a coach. I probably throw the receiver the ball every play. Well, that's about um, what they that's about what Drew Brees did to Michael <laughs> Thomas this year. Yeah, I mean, Michael much. Thomas just broke almost every receiving record for a season. Yep. So you know, do you think he's the top receiver in the NFL right now? Yeah, you put me on the spot. I'm gonna say yes. This, yeah, this year you, you have to. Um, it's funny. I thought you were, originally I thought you were gonna put DeAndre Hopkins in there. Um, uh, that's because, actually a guy I was thinking about, and I was like, well, let me let me you know switch this up because a lot of it's the Hopkins um, Michael Thomas debate. So I was like, let me throw AB in there. Okay, who are you going with between Hopkins and Thomas? Um, wow, that's uh, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. They both. They both can do so much. I mean, this year we look at Michael Thomas, and he's just been – he's been crazy. And then think about all the catches that uh, that um, the other one made last year. It was, it, was, it was crazy. I'd probably still have to go uh, – I might go with DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I was about to say, man. I, I, might, but, I might have to go with Hopkins. I might because I've seen I've seen Hopkins catch passes that like it's just Michael Thomas is just such a huge receiver. He's such he a big target. You don't need a tight end in the end zone. You you can run whatever you need to run with Michael Thomas, and he's gonna catch it. You're exactly right, man. Now let me ask you this: Who is the best? Uh, since you're a DB, who is who is the best uh, defensive back? And I guess, or you can say safety or corner. You can go with the best corner and best safety, but um, so I, maybe it's a little bit too too vast of a uh, question to say who's the best DB. Who's the best safety in the NFL right now, Adam? 
Uh, best safety. I I don't know. I mean, I guess I go with. Oh, that's tough. Because there's so there's so many different talented guys. There's so many guys, but um, one of the guys I definitely say Tyron Tyron Matthews because he, he Tyron Matthew can do so much. Like he literally, I swear, there's a magnet in his chest and there's a magnet in the ball, and they just line up every time. Like he just manages to get around the ball so much. I well, me, all, all you gotta do is turn on his. All you gotta do is turn on like his LSU highlights. Uh, yeah, that's what. So it's funny. That's what I used to watch prior to um, college games. Every game I'd watch. There's a few guys I used to watch. I used to watch him, um, Janoris Jenkins. I used to watch Akeem Talib. Akeem Talib was. Ooh, he was. He's so underrated. Yeah, but uh, Akeem Talib was amazing. There's a few guys I used to watch. But to leave Jenkins, uh, Jackrabbit, I guess, everybody else. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, Matthew. Yeah. Um, what about who's the best corner in the NFL? Now, you know, most people I feel like would lean toward Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, but, I see uh, why. I mean, Jalen. What would Jaylen's... you say? What would you? I, I don't know if I would say Jalen Ramsey. I don't think I would. But who would you say is the best corner? Yeah, it's it's tough because there's corners that do different things and playing DB like. You you can you can respect that. Like it's hard to line up a guy that's a strictly outside corner press corner to a guy that's a zone corner. But I if I were to say two guys that I like, see after you talk about safeties, I also forgot about Minka. Minka was Minka's done some things this year that <laughs> nobody thinks nobody. My co host would love you for saying that, man. The oh, biggest Steelers God. fan I've ever met. Oh my! My wife is a, my wife's a Steelers fan. She's from Pittsburgh, and um, when she, when they got Minka, she just didn't know how to act because he's just making all of these plays, all these interceptions, forced fumbles, everything. He he can do everything. He's he's a dude. But um, going back to corner, I would say it's I like I like Tre'Davious White, and I like I like Gilmore as well. Stephon like Gilmore. Gilmore, you can't go wrong with Stephon Gilmore, man. You can't, or Tre'Davious you can't. White. Yep. Yeah, you can't. And I mean, Ramsey. Ramsey is definitely, Ramsey is definitely an elite level corner. He's definitely an elite level corner. And watching him, see, he's another guy I used to watch. He's actually one of the dudes I watched um, his film in college. And I was saying, there's no way this dude is doing this. There's like no way he's making some of the plays he's making. And it translated to the NFL. Um, I think there was this one play. I think it was a. Uh, I think they were playing the Patriots, and they kind of got him on a pick play. This was years ago. It was probably a few years ago. He uh, got him on a pick play on an out route or flat, and he was able to go around the receiver in the DB and still make the play so there wasn't a first down for, like, one yard. And I was like, that's not normal. Stuff no, like that not is normal, just man. not normal. Yeah, Some he, guys are just built different, man. It yeah, really is. Really is. He's really – he's a really rangy – He's a really rangy guy. Another guy that watched a lot of film at safety was uh, Eddie Jackson. Last year, Eddie Jackson's film was just phenomenal. <laughs> so, he picked off a flat route from the safety. Yeah, there's there's some dudes in the NFL. There's corners, safeties, there's a whole bunch of guys there. Let me ask you this, Adam. So we talked about the guys that are in there right now, but who is your favorite all-time player? My favorite all-time player? Favorite all-time yeah. player is definitely, yeah, it's definitely Charles Woodson. 
Death Charles Woodson. I figured that probably it was, but I was like, hey, I'll just still ask, ask the question anyway. Definitely. Definitely. Definitely Charles Woodson. That's awesome, man. Hey, you, you, to look up to a guy like Charles Woodson, who's an unbelievable guy, too. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he's a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner as well. Um, the guy's just an unbelievable human being, as he is player. You know, he's a, he's a great guy. So, you know, it's awesome to look up to Charles Woodson. I think yeah. I, you can't, you cannot go wrong with that, man. But Adam, That's I, how I feel, I, yeah. I appreciate <laughs> you coming on, man. I appreciate you me um, you giving me your time. Um, I, I really truly appreciate it. You know, I've worked with you a couple times before. You're a great guy, man. So I, I knew I would love having you come on here. I was actually scheduling this to go about 25 minutes, but once I started talking to you, I really <laughs> couldn't stop. So I really truly appreciate it. Um, thank you so no, much thank for coming you. on the podcast, man. Thank you. I, that usually happens when we talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every time every time we talk on the phone, we usually talk talk for a pretty good little bit, man. But I truly appreciate you coming on here, man. I you know wish you the best of luck and in talking with teams and your training. Uh, I know how hard you train, man. I know how hard you work on your craft. So um, I know great things are are just around the corner for you. I truly mean that, um, guys. Any athletes looking for representation and someone that will work hard for them, please contact my man, Ramiro Ferrand, at Ferrand Sports on Twitter. That is at F-E-R-R-A-N-D Sports, at Ferrand Sports. Follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the members page, find Jacob Patterson, click on the profile, and learn a little bit about me as a scout. And I've done some writing for them, so you can check out the scouting reports that I have done and the articles I have written. Follow TSR on Twitter, at Scouting LLC, and on Instagram at scouting underscore LLC. Any athletes looking to have some film broken down and some promotional work done for them, please email me at scoutingbreakdown at gmail.com. I've done a little bit of work for Adam here. I appreciate him coming to me and let, let me do some work on him. I've loved meeting this guy. Amazing guy, amazing athlete. Um, guys, please come let TSR take care of you. And guys, please go give this guy a follow on Instagram. It's Dolph underscore 21. Follow my man, Adam Dolphin, on Instagram. Adam, again, it has been a pleasure talking with you, man. I, I truly appreciate it. You know, from the bottom of my heart, man, it's been so much fun. You gave out a great, a lot of great information, man. We had a lot of great talking points. Uh, I love talking to you about the NFL stuff, man. It's always fun to break down uh, the game that I love, and I know you love, too, with someone that plays it. So I truly appreciate it. Thank you. No, I really appreciate you giving me the time. Um, it, was def- it was definitely fun. I appreciate it. Absolutely, man. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in. This is the TSR pop where all we do is win. It's just football fiends on a mission delivering opinions of my significance. Man, I hope you've been listening. Cause scouting is the business. You're welcome cause it's a privilege. Most people in this position just don't give it away, no. So all that's left to say now is welcome to the show. Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go.